It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And we welcome you into Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, we will go over scores, all the scores from tonight, boys and girls basketball throughout the state of West Virginia, all the games that were able to be played, as well as we'll talk about a week that that saw the uh, the little general shootout, which had some fantastic finishes, especially to the Wednesday games, as we draw ever closer to high school basketball's postseason in West Virginia, the girls' postseason just two weeks away. Wow, where does it go? It's February 12th, 2016. Again, Ryan Epling, Coach Rick Marone, and James Collier all with you tonight. Again, we will be getting all the scores from across the state. We'll get you a statewide scoreboard in just a moment. We've also got several guests lined up for you throughout the course of the evening, including uh, Ron Hess, the boys basketball coach at Huntington. They had a tremendous win on Wednesday in a spectacular fashion at the buzzer in the Charleston Civic Center. We've also got Wayne Ryan a little bit later on in the program in our second hour. He's the head coach of the Summers County girls team. They're in action right now, and... uh, Making a making a statement, so to speak, tonight. So we'll talk with him. Our resident referee will be on as well a little bit later on, Bo Anderson, as we get through the night. But first off, the gang is all here. James, nice to have you back. Yeah, nice to be back. Um, certainly hadn't planned on being here today, but a uh, bit of change of plans. But always nice to be back in the studio. And uh, as you talked about, what a great week of basketball. It, it's almost like a teaser of getting you ready for the postseason. Um, what some games we had Wednesday. The, the buzzer beater by Huntington to knock off Bridgeport and then down goes number one in class AAA and girls as the Mohegans and go to the uh, go to the woodshed and come out empty as uh, South Charleston flies away the Black Eagles what a game that was on a comeback they were down double digits much of that basketball game I think the Mohegans were pretty much putting this one on ice in the first quarter and man what a great job by Cashwell to uh, knock down that that game winning triple for the win but I think that really opens up Class AAA now because, Coach, you look at it at the top and you see what Morgantown had been doing, and they've been rolling through teams. Now there's a chink in the armor, and did the, did the Black Eagles, did they maybe paint the blueprint that teams need to be able to go through? Because now that also opens up the next team, Huntington, which South Charleston has coming up next week. Well, I think that's going to be a good measuring stick for them. But I tell you what, James, and I, I know Coach White would never make uh, – you know, no excuses whatsoever, but uh, Ryan, they had a brutal week. They went down, won the Big Atlantic Classic. Kind of a, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but they really rolled Wyoming East, minus Gabby Lapartis really at full speed. So a lot of folks were looking at that as double-A number one and triple-A number one. It didn't materialize, but they rolled there. They went back up to their conference championship, claimed the title there, tried to pull the trifecta and head down and took on a South Charleston team that we know is dangerous. They're inconsistent, and Cashwell hits a three at the buzzer to drop the Mohegans to their first loss in, in many, many days. I don't remember how many days it was. It was over a year, uh, you know, back-to-back titles. Three, 372, I believe, is what I was told today. It was either 372 or 376. Well, there you go. You get it right here. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, uh, uh, I tell you what. I wouldn't uh, not put my money on the Mohegans. Uh, Coach White will use that as a teaching tool. But like James said, when you've got the invincible – the invincible team uh, falling. Uh, I know teams are probably scam- scampering to get that South Charleston game film. Well, let, let's go back. Just you mentioned that rough stretch of a schedule. 
on February the 4th, which would have been last Thursday, Morgantown beat Wyoming East in the Raleigh County Convention Center in Beckley. Then on Friday night, they beat Greenbrier East, who had been undefeated also in the Raleigh County Convention Center. That game was a 7.20 tip-off Friday night. They tipped off at 10 a.m. Saturday morning at Ohio University Eastern, which is in the St. Clairsville area uh, near Wheeling. And uh, they beat Parkersburg South up there. And then Wednesday <laughs> came down to uh, the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum and, and, and ended up falling to South Charleston. But not only the travel, but the caliber of opponents, too. And that's, I, I don't know if you'll find a rougher stretch of ball games than what Morgantown went through. No, I tell you what, uh, and Coach White does that. I think it, it serves them well. And just look at the scores. I know a lot of times uh, we've had opportunities to talk to Coach White and defense, defense, defense. And I can tell you from a coaching standpoint, when you can get your kids to buy in and do what Morgantown has done, uh, kudos to him because their defense keeps them in games even when they're not shooting the ball well. And James, you know, they say defense travels, and you hear the old saying, defense wins championships, offense sells tickets. But uh, Morgantown has a recipe. They're not going to change. You better come ready to slug it out in the half court. A lot of these teams are putting up 70, 80 points a game run into that Morgantown defense, and uh, the numbers drop just a little bit. Yeah, they drop just a tick, uh, maybe by about 30 (laughs) points. But, uh, you know, another thing, too, going back, and you think of this as a coach, if you're going to take a loss at any point of the season, now is such a great time to have that because it's right before you get into that final stretch, as Ryan said, you have two weeks before you get ready for postseason play. That really allows you to take that gut check. Okay, we're no longer invincible. Maybe that gets that monkey off that back, that undefeated season that starts creeping around, and you see a lot of teams, they take that undefeated season with them into the postseason, and then that one becomes a big one. Well, big one, and I'm going to even abbreviate it even closer, believe it or not, a week from tomorrow, actually the girls' sectional window opens next Saturday. Not many teams take advantage, but ours include with everyone else's. A week from Monday, they're throwing it up for tournament time. So the time is now, and you're exactly right. I think if you're going to take a hit, take a hit to kind of refocus right before you start a tournament run. Well, we know that what you want are the scores. And again, we've, we've teased a little bit there. Summers County made a statement tonight and we want to get more information on that game a little bit later on, which we will. But before we do that, it's time for a scoreboard. We'll let uh, James handle the boys' scores and Coach Moreno will get the girls' scores on our first scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll start first with the boys. The West Virginia School of the Deaf lead things off and pick up win number two of the season with a win over Governor Baxter, 52-27. It was the Polka Dots, leaving Sissonville seeing spots, 69-47. That one in the books. Elkinsville with a four-point win over Buckhannon Upshur, 57-53. Fairmont Senior in a great battle of two teams in AAA, or AA, excuse me, knocks off RCB, 46-44. The Polar Bears now 15-3. On the year, it's Fayetteville, a 92 30 win over Valley Fayette. Will Fenton, 17. Ricky Meadows dumps in 14 in the win. Grafton, 62. Liberty Harrison, 43. It was Huntington moving to 17 0 with an 82 57 win over Hurricane. Mount View, 67. Man, 53. It was Martinsburg moving to 16 3 on the year with a 93 64 win over the Musselman Appleman. Ripley bounces back after having a tough road over the last few weeks. 
moving to now 13-5 with a 76-48 win over the Parkersburg Big Reds. South Charleston knocks off Winfield 51-33. It was Woodrow Wilson knocking off Riverside 86-62. John Marshall defeats Buckeye Local out of Ohio 68-56. River Hannibal out of Ohio defeats the Cameron Dragons 51-44. Capital moves to 15-3 with a 66-50 victory over GW. Tug Valley knocks off Greater Beckley Christian 82-43. It was Ravenswood over Park Catholic 64-47. Steubenville knocks off Willing Park 79-48. Coach Marone. Let's take a look at the girls' scores tonight on the basketballnight.com scoreboard, and we will start again the West Virginia School for the Deaf. Uh, They are playing tonight against – Actually, we have an unknown score. They're in a tournament tonight. No score there. GW gets a win over Riverside, 79-30 tonight. Lincoln continues to roll 20-0 are the Cougars, 60-31. Maybe a new number one for you in AA. We'll get to that in just a moment. That's called a tease as well as we've got some uh, breaking developments down uh, in uh, the Raleigh County area. The Yellow Jackets from Moorfield, 58-12 winners over Harmon. Clay Battelle, 40 the Lady Warriors from Trinity, 28. Pikeview, the Panthers of Karen Miller, fall to the Grizzlies of Coach Tom McCurl, 64-49 uh, in Nicholas County tonight. Maroon Knights from Wheeling Central, the battle with Charleston Catholic. They get a 55-45 win in that one. And we mentioned it, Ryan teased it a little bit. The Summers County Bobcats get a huge win over Wyoming East, 63-42 to tonight. That game in Summers County. Gabby Lopardis in limited action tonight. Uh, Some reports coming out of there. Got a little heated tonight. I think the game had to be stopped for a moment. Some announcements made. Maybe some debris out on the floor. So we'll maybe check in with Coach Ryan later tonight. Kind of goes along with the theme we've been carrying the last couple of weeks. Park South 81. The Brook Bruins. The Lady Bruins 23. That's a look at your girls' side of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Of course, you can always join in on the conversation. Give us a call at 1-855-345-4709. And I just want to go back here for a moment the uh, the scores that you mentioned with the uh, Western School for the Deaf, their uh, boys team getting a win. Uh, that was part of the Eastern Schools for the Deaf Athletic Association tournament. And the school that they beat tonight was Governor Baxter School for the Deaf, which is located on Mackworth Island, Maine. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> you have to... Well, there is there there is a road that goes to the island, thank goodness. But yes, that is up in the uh, far reaches of the northeast of the United States. So always interesting when you uh, when you get to play schools that are from well out of your area. It's interesting enough when you do so from within the state of West Virginia. But uh, when you get to go outside the borders to do that as well, that's uh, fantastic. So a, a nice win there tonight for the uh, West Virginia School for the Deaf Boys basketball team. The Lions get the win. Uh, over Governor Baxter. So uh, good for them on, on that regard. And also we mentioned that um, that Summers County Wyoming East game. Yeah, we're, we're going to work to get more information on that before we go into deep detail. <laughs> but again, and I just want to smack my head here when we talk about this, calm down, relax. Well, it, it, it's funny that we, you know, we bring this back up, but um, I was um, – in attendance at a game, let's see, it was Tuesday, and uh, I was covering a varsity game for the newspaper, uh, obviously JV game finishing up. It was a, a game that got well out of hand on the scoreboard, and it started quickly to get out of hand on the floor. And at one point, 
a player that was on the losing side shoves the kid with the basketball, Rick, from you to I right now, in front of him, and the official laughs. That's it. They're just a giggle and a laugh. Um, I, I, I vented my frustrations uh, via social media, and the funny thing was is that I was contacted by an official after the ball game via Twitter that wanted to challenge me about some of my comments. Uh, I was told that by this official, and again, I have no idea who this person was. They, they had no real title or whatever. But um, It wasn't a talking egg, was it? I don't know. It wasn't a talking egg. There was, there was some picture there, but it wasn't, it wasn't the talking egg. But uh, I was basically told that it's not their job to teach. It's their job to enforce. And I, my comment was, as well, if you don't know the rules, how do you do either? Mm. Um, things got a little heated after that. But, okay. uh, you know, it, it's one of the things. It's like Ryan said. It's, it's just call everybody calm down. Just uh, let the kids play. And the thing of it is, is that, you know, that was a situation that it warranted something. It, it's kind of like the thing when a player goes in and, and sets their feet and take, takes the charge or takes the contact, and two players go to the floor, the basketball's up in the air, something has to be called <laughs> one way or the other. Um, that was kind of one of those things that I, I thought something had to be called, nothing was. And it's, it's you know, it's really a, um, a terrible thing to see. But uh, it's like you said, it really takes away the fun part of the game. And a lot of times it's um, it's – starts up it starts building up in those uh, seats well behind the, the players well and, and it, there's a fine line you love passionate fans and there's a lot of areas of our state that have the great tradition passionate fans but you know when you're a situation where it's a great atmosphere for basketball and when it's teetering on that line of kind of becoming ugly and, and not fun and I agree with you James and the scary thing uh, you're talking about things that are at the lower levels whether it's youth league middle school junior varsity well, that's what's feeding into the varsity. I mean, you know, just like great players, when they come up through the system, they impact your varsity program. The attitudes and the, the type of things, I think if they could make some changes at the lower levels, then the, the high schools would reflect a better atmosphere. One of the things that I've actually challenged, and I've posed this question to several officials, I said that, you know, we want to see the the, the play come up through the levels, like you said, middle school to J, junior varsity and then into varsity. And typically when you get into a varsity game, you have three officials on the floor, and they do a, a fairly good job. Um, the issues that you see with the officiating start at the, the junior varsity, the freshman, and the middle school because these are first-year guys and gals. And maybe they don't fully understand the game. You know, they're, they're learning just like everyone else. And I said, would you take a person on a job – and say, okay, here's your job. Here you've read the book. Here's a, a piece of machinery. Now go work it. No, you wouldn't. And and you have to give these people leadership, mentors that can go down and you you bring a, a, your group of varsity uh, officials down and say, okay, you're going to work two junior varsity games this year. You're going to work a middle school game and a junior varsity game with this crew to give them some some leadership especially your guys and gals that do superb jobs at the upper levels that's how you build a, a firm foundation you're exactly right you're exactly right i'll tell you two quick things the first one is is uh and i don't want to paint all officials with the same stroke and i'm sure i'll get teed up from a resident referee later i'm ready then. for it I hope okay but me i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you something this is facts and this is things that have occurred i've been in situations where we've had jv games when i was a boys coach okay and we had one JV official that couldn't make it for whatever reason. So we had one guy out there by himself. So the varsity officials show up early for their game. We approach them. Would one of you care to, to finish the game out with them? Two of the three 
I don't do JV. Mm-hmm. One stepped up and went out there and helped out. Now, that's an attitude that's got to change. The second thing happened two weeks ago. A friend of mine that's also in the coaching field said, hey, just by chance this year he's done a little informal survey. He's been talking to officials. Do you ever watch game film of games that you officiate? Over 90% or more had never. I'm not talking about just this year. Had, and I'm not bashing officials, but how do you work to get better? One, if you don't work with your younger officials, exactly. like you said. And secondly, if you never evaluate yourself or have some, another set of eyes to help you, how are you going to get better? Yeah, because so, you, have, you have the league that, that sends out a representative that will show up in some form throughout the season that will critique your game. They will grade you. That's how you keep you your – You know how many times that they've but, ever yeah, but, but that's the thing <laughs> I mean, of it is, is that how often does that happen throughout the happen. season? It doesn't happen. It happens more in football. I know me and Ryan do a lot of broadcasting football, and you'll see one of the evaluators, and we'll get into this maybe next segment, but they show up more regularly than they do in basketball. Yeah, I see them there all the time. Yeah. And um, – I also know that a lot of football officials, and some of them actually do basketball as well, mm-hmm. but they ask for a game film to go back and look at some things. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's no different than in broadcasting yeah. when you go back and you critique your work. Mm-hmm. That's how right. you find out what you're doing incorrectly and make it better. So. It can be painful. It can be. <laughs> but it's, oh, it's, but it's, but it's, it's certainly not. It can it. be. It is. Hey, we have to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Gary Green, the head coach of the South Charleston Black Eagles girls basketball team. After they picked up a big win earlier in the week over Morgantown. We'll talk about that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore roundup and thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules you can send your game reschedules by text tweets and emails we appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the mountain state send your rescheduled games via twitter send it to at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup you can also text us 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 and you can send us an email email scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com go to our website and check it out find out how you can connect with the show a shout out to all our new twitter followers follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup new followers include christina fox at kfox underscore provado traquan gibson lucas haynes at luda 304 coach wiley at alex 1967 thanks for following us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup if you love basketball then there's only one place to be on friday nights after the game Basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
Hey all you basketball fans, if you're like me and you just can't get enough of Basketball Friday night, then come join us and you're in for a real good time. Now to my big daddy, Ryan Epling. Go Big Daddy. (laughs) What is Valentine's Day? Oh, God. You know, know, what worries me, Ryan, is the fact of last year, that rejoin held out until the 11 o'clock hour when some of the youngsters were in bed. I have no idea where the show's going tonight if that was at 9.15. Yeah, that that was the early rejoin. If you'll remember last year, we didn't break that rejoin out until Fred Persinger came on. Oh, God. And that's the godfather. Yes. Oh, mercy. All right, well. And this is where we go from here. Well, welcome back everyone. to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We are here until midnight. It's usually the fastest three hours in radio. It may not be tonight. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, hey, we have a good time. We appreciate it. And, and those guys in the back, they do so much work. And James, I know you're involved with that as well. So much work goes into getting all the scores and everything when they want to have a little fun. That's just fine with us. Oh yeah, well, I mean that's the greatest part about being, you know, the guys behind the scenes. And it's for us, you know, we have a lot of trust in these guys that, that sit behind the scenes because we're kind of at their mercy. And um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the hats off to all the guys back there: Marcus, Lance, Mar- um, Mike, uh, doing everything. Alice upstairs taking care of the phones along with Fred. I mean, they everybody does such a great job. Andrew Harrison coming on board. We've had Alec Hildebeidel that's hopped in a little bit, but. Uh, Great crew behind the glass, and uh, certainly think that uh, they take good care of us there. And Mike moved the wall so we can actually see him, or I can. Now. Well, I don't know that's can what's do. different. Yes, yeah, I can see the control room. I can't actually see anyone. And notice but, how uh, nonchalantly I said Mike moved the wall. Uh, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, Mike, that's Mike just moves things. We, that, we, we call Mike the the duct tape of this world. You know, if it's broke, Mike can fix it. If it can, it's it's broke. So exactly. So hey, let's get back to basketball. Big win last. Uh, earlier this week, I should say, on Wednesday at the Little General Shootout at the Big House, Charleston Civic Center Coliseum, the South Charleston girls knocked off Morgantown, 46-45, a last-second three. Um, turned out to be the difference as Talia Cashwell knocked it down. Coach Gary Green of the Black Eagles joins us on the program. Coach, big win for your ball club there in Charleston uh, earlier this week. Yeah, you know, things just kind of came together for us in the second half. And, you know, we got a lucky break at the end, more or less. But, you know, we played hard enough that if the lucky break was there, we, we could at least take advantage of it. So, yeah, it was it was a good win for our program. Your team was down double figures in the second half of that ball game against a ball club that is defensively as good as anyone in West Virginia. But you clearly didn't give up. What made the difference in uh, – and being able to come back and get that win? Well, you know, it's an old cliche, I guess. It's, uh, kids have a, a lot of heart and won't quit, but that, that's true of our kids all year long. You know, we've been down several times in games, and they just keep battling. And we were down 23-7 to in the first quarter and, you know, ended up holding uh, Morgantown to 22 points for the next three quarters. So, you know, our kids just uh, – just sat down and started playing some defense, and things just kind of fell in order for us. We made a few runs, and they turned it over, and next thing you know, it's a, it's a pretty sick ball game halfway through the fourth quarter. 
Coach, you go to the locker room down. What was the game plan that you, you gave to the girls of saying, okay, let's attack the third quarter in this fashion. Let's try to get to at least the deficit cut to this number, and then we can attack and try to, to clean this thing up and get a, get a chance for a win in the fourth? Yeah, well, you're exactly right about trying to cut the deficit. You know, we wanted to try to get it down, you know, in low double digits at least, you know, trying to go into the into the third quarter and, and start the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, actually we we had basically the same game plan, game plan first and second half. We just wanted to try and get our kids calmed down. I don't know if we were intimidated. You know, we have a little bit of younger team than we've had in the past. But once they calmed down and, and we made a couple of adjustments on defense and it just seemed that uh, – the kids just had an extra step that we didn't have the first 16 minutes. And, uh, you know, things just started coming our way a little bit in the second half. Coach, you're talking about how your team maybe it was a little bit amped up, maybe a little bit nervous in that game. How important was it for you to make them understand after you're down, as you said, 23-7, to I believe, or 6 at the end of the first quarter, there's not a 16-point shot on the floor. You have to go out, execute your offense, and at least come away with something on each and every possession going forward through the, the, the remainder of the contest. Yeah, you know, we were we were not going after the 50-50 balls. It was just, uh, like I said, we were just a step behind. And, uh, you know, we just instilled in the kids, we tried to instill in them the fact that, you know, run the system and, and sit down and get us a few stops on the defensive end, and we'll just back away at this thing. And, uh, you know, just see, just believe that you belong on the court with this team and uh, either number one undefeated. You know, just just play and, and relax and play and pick up the intensity level and uh, – you know, they really did the last three quarters for us. I mean, we, they just battled. That's all I can say. Coach Green, Coach Marone here. And uh, one thing I was wanting to get your thoughts on, uh, the fact that that game was at the Civic Center, uh, on top of the fact that it's a huge win for you, I think uh, uh, kind of adds to it. But uh, what about the confidence level now? I know it's a tough road to get back to the state tournament. But, you know, confidence-wise, your team now knows that they can go in there and, and take on the, the top teams and be able to be successful. Uh, that, yeah, that's that's exactly right. We've uh, anytime you can, and, and we built our schedule around trying to play at, at larger arenas, the Civic Center and the Big Sandy. We play down there and, and go to Rio Grande University to start the season. So, you know, to be successful on those size floors uh, and to, against top level competition, you know, it just instills in our kids the, the fact that you know that we can play with with most teams on a given night. You know, maybe. Maybe if we play them ten times, they might beat us six or seven. But we can play, you know, on, on a given night. And uh, you know, th- those uh, experiences like the Morgantown game, they just can't do anything but obviously boost us up, provided we, you know, could control it the proper way. And, and you know, our kids will, and we'll, you know, it's uh, it's just nothing but a positive aspect for us. Your team now fifteen and two, and coach, something that I thought was very impressive was you come out the next night and take care of Winfield without any issues uh 67 34 was the final in that one i think that shows some maturity as well to be able to handle success and to turn around and in a game in which uh you were you you would have been favored going in clearly but to do what you were supposed to do in that ball game as well well we uh we knew that that was a conference game and we had three conference games left and you know one of our goals for the year was to try to play the night of champions and uh uh which is our mountain state championship uh, day, February 20th, and uh, we knew that we had to take care of that conference game in order to keep our uh, our hopes of uh, getting down there. So the kids refocused. We let them enjoy the Morgantown game, and, you know, they had to refocus on this Mountain State Conference, and they did a great job of that. And, uh, 
we were a little fatigued. That game took a lot out of Morgantown, took a lot out of us. You know, our legs were not what they are normally, and it was a very physical game down at the Civic Center. But, you know, our kids uh, had enough left, enough focus to, uh, like you say, take care of, the, of that Winfield game. Tuesday, you go to Huntington High. You've beaten one undefeated. Huntington's undefeated. Should be a great ball game. Uh, what do you look forward to in your trip up on to uh, the mountaintop at, at Huntington on uh, Tuesday night? Well, you know, we, we like those kind of situations. I mean, uh, Huntington is very similar to us. They, they're a transition-type team. They're, they're, they're just like most teams we're playing. They're, they're more uh, larger size, more physical. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge for us. You know, they're undefeated, and we're playing them at their place. So, uh, you know, both teams have qualified for the championship. The top two teams in the Mountain State uh, play for that championship. So, even though both of us are locked in, it's still – still a big game for us and a big game for them so you know it's going to be uh, it should be a fun atmosphere and you know it should be a pretty good crowd down there so we're looking forward to going down there too it's just another game for us that lets us gauge where we are and that's you know that's what the morgantown game was and the gauge didn't look too good for the first uh, 12 minutes of morgantown but you know uh huntington is another gauge for us because you know uh, our goal is just like most teams are we want to try to play the Civic center again this year for the state tournament so if you're going to do that you got to go through the teams of morgantown and huntington this will be a good indicator for us on tuesday night what we need to get done the south charleston girls now 15 and 2 coach gary green thank you for joining us tonight i appreciate it anytime thank you all right we'll step aside take a break when we come back we'll get you an update on our basketballnight.com scoreboard and We'll go back to the phone lines again. If you want to join in, 1-855-345-4709. And as always, visit basketballnight.com. Back with more of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send. You can tweet, text, and email. Find out how by visiting BasketballNight.com. Special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda304, Coach Wiley at Alex1967, Robert Lewis at Lewis8944R, Bearcat Nation, Michaela at Big Mac 3013, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggin, they Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Heinzman, Jason Wilhite, Mark Richmond, Mason 989, Alex Blackenbecker, Jasmine Thieke, Tina Lane at Tina Lane 71, Jason Westfall, Coach D, One Life, Hunter Ridgeway, 
Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mr. Flattery, and Evan Cole. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. School basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.32 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Yeah, as we get closer to Valentine's Day. Dr. Love. You know, what I like about the guys behind the glass is that, uh, and that's just what they're affectionately known as, the guys, <laughs> the guys behind, behind the, the glass. glass. Yes. <laughs> they have names. So yeah, just... we, yeah, well, now that we can see them, but you know, we went for months there and we couldn't see them. Yeah. Didn't even know who was back there all the time. But um, you would think that with all the creativity that they have to come up with all these, these music beds that, that have you know the, the Valentine's scene, that they have all this free time to do it? No. They're off the cuff. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just they, that, But it comes so easy to them. That's the scary part. It's almost too easy. But uh, we'll talk with the head coach of the Huntington Boys team, Ron Hess, in just a moment. But first, just like at the top of the show, another basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores, look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all of your scores from around the Mountain State. Start on the boys' scoreboard. The West Virginia School for the Death knocks off Governor Baxter 52-27. It was Polka over Sissonville 69-47. Greenbrier East defeats Nicholas County 87-62. It was Lincoln falling to Bridgeport 61-56. The Indians bounce back after taking their first loss of the season to Huntington earlier on in the week. It was Elkins, a four-point win over Buckhannon Upshur, 57-53. Fairmont Senior gets by RCB, 46-44. Fayetteville eases past Valley Fayette, 92-30. Will Fenton, 17. Ricky Meadows nets 14. Marcus Lively adds 12. Grafton defeats Liberty Harrison, 62-43. Hedgesville with an overtime win over Spring Mills. 43-36. Hedgesville now 15-3 on the season. It was Huntington moving to 17-0 with an 82-57 victory over Hurricane. Independence defeats Summers County 78-68. Phillip Barber a three-point win over Lewis County 66-63. It was Mount View over Mann 67-53. Martinsburg picks up its 16th win of the year. The 93-64 win over Musselman. Ripley moves to 13-5 on the season. Actually, check that now. 14-5 on the season with a 76-48 win over Parkersburg. South Charleston continues its push through Class AAA. The 51-33 win over Winfield. Woodrow Wilson flies past the Riverside Warriors 86-62. John Marshall defeats Buckeye Local out of Ohio 68-56. It was Park South over Lindsley. 88-43. River Hannibal out of Ohio defeats the Cameron Dragons 51-44. Van, a one-point win over Valley Wetzel. 57-56. The Bulldogs now 16-3 in class single A. Capital 
picks up their 15th win of the season, a 66-50 win over the GW Patriots. Tug Valley, 80. Greater Beckley Christian, 43. Ravenswood defeats Park Catholic, 64-47. And Steubenville, a 79-48 win over Wheeling Park. Coach Moreau? Let's take a look at the girls' scores tonight on the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And first in Class AAA, Jamie LeMasters, George Washington Patriots, get a 79-30 win over Riverside, push their record to 13-6. Huntington uh, gets a 56-49 win over the Red Dragons uh, of St. Albans. That pushes Huntington's record to 19-0 going into that big showdown Tuesday night with South Charleston up on the hill at Huntington. Lincoln, the Cougars, 20-0. Ranked number two this week, maybe moving on up, as the Jeffersons used to say, as they knock off uh, RCB 60-31. to Look for the Lincoln Cougars maybe to be your new number one this week in Class AA. The Moorfield Yellow Jackets, 58-12 to winners over Harmon. Clay Battelle gets a 40-28 to win tonight over the Trinity Warriors. And the Nicholas County Grizzlies get a nice 64-49 win over Pikeview tonight. In Class AA, the Maroon Knights of Wheeling Central, big single-A matchup, 55-45 winners over Charleston Catholic in Wheeling tonight, 63-42. The big matchup of number one and number three in AA, Summers County knocks off Wyoming East for their second loss of the year at 63-42. Wyoming East falls to Summers County. Whitney Justice, 24. Brittany Justice, 19. And I'll do James's uh, tagline there, Justice was served tonight. In Raleigh County, or Summers County. I said Raleigh County earlier, too. Nobody corrected me. We just let you go. <laughs> Kaiser, the Golden Tornadoes fall to Mountain Ridge, 59-55. to The Golden Tornadoes fall short. Winfield falls by one point to Cabell Midland. Good matchup there, 43-42. to The Knights get the win tonight. And that's a look at your girls' basketball, basketballnight.com scoreboard. The Huntington boys team is now 17-0. and Three games in three days and three wins for the Highlanders over the course of this week after tonight's 80-57 to win at home over Hurricane. The head coach of the two-time reigning double or AAA state champions is Ron Hess. He joins us now. And Coach, uh, kind of finally get a chance to kind of catch your breath after a, a rough week of uh, three, three uh, games and three nights and uh, especially uh, a fantastic one Wednesday night. Yeah, it sure was. And, you know, Wednesday night, we didn't tip off to, I think it was 10 o'clock or a little bit after 10 o'clock. So that was a late night for us. And we got back late and get back to Huntington until after 12 that night. So we're a little tired. There's no doubt about that. I'm tired, so I know the kids are worn out. <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's go back to Wednesday first. Talk about that win over Bridgeport. The Indians were undefeated and Double uh, A's uh, second-ranked team. And uh, that was a game in which you guys trailed by double figures in the third quarter, but hit them with a run, and then got a tip in at the buzzer to escape with a 59-57 win. Uh, I think uh, when it comes down to it, sometimes we look at classification and and try to justify that for level of teams. Bridgeport's a very good team. Forget classification. Your team able to come out on top, though, despite struggling through bigger portions of that game. I think it's impressive that you won in a game in which, quite frankly, you may not have had a lot of control over through the first three and a half quarters. 
Uh, we sure did. We let them do basically what they wanted to early on in the game. They got the ball down inside way too easily to the Greeley kid on us. And he's a good player. He gets the ball down that low. He's going to score. And they kind of controlled the tempo the entire first half. We weren't moving very well. Didn't have a whole lot of energy for some reason. Uh, we came out in the third quarter and put a lot more pressure on their guards, kind of pressed a little bit and kind of turned the ball over some and kind of got us going. Uh, you know, and they're a very good double A team. There's no doubt about that, you know. And you play in a game like that as a coach, you kind of look at it like, you know, do we want to play a double team that's that good? Because there's, you know, not a whole lot we have to gain from it. And of course, they, you know, they have nothing to lose. So they're loose and playing hard and having fun out there. So, you know, they're a good basketball team. We felt very lucky to get out of there with the win. Well, Coach, on tonight, when Tavian Dunmartin shot wasn't necessarily there, he still hit. A big three with a minute 46 left that gave you a three-point lead. Logan Smith answered to tie it, but he missed the shot there at the end, but you were still able to get the tip in. His floor game, though, is kind of what makes you guys go. Even when he doesn't score, Tavian Dunmartin's still uh, kind of the the grease in the uh, wheel, so to speak. He sure is. He's a kid that's he's really picked his game up on other areas instead of just shooting the basketball. If he's not playing well now, he understands he's got to get other people involved. And he did that uh, for us. Like I said, he hit that big three. And then, you know, at the end of the game, I still want the ball in his hands, and I want him making a decision if he's going to shoot the ball or get to somebody else. He had a good look at the three that night, and uh, John was where he was supposed to be, and he got a, got a nice tip in for us to get that win. Coach James Collier here. Thanks for joining us tonight. Go back to this win. You you close out the contest on a 12-0 run. You you really turn up the pressure, like you said, being able to get into your press and force turnovers leading to easy baskets. Is this a win that this team maybe last year or two years ago don't find a way to come away with a victory, but now they're, they're game-tested, they're battle-proven, and now they can calmly find a way to claw their way back into a game as, as like you said, you had very little control over about three and a half quarters of? Yeah, these, these kids are like that. You know, most of the um, the kids I have now, I've had them for four years now. They're seniors. They understand our offense and our defenses. And, um, you know, they've done that now really for the past couple of years. They just find ways to win. It, it, it's amazing what they, they can do. I've got so many kids who don't mind taking the big shot at the end of games. They like that big stage. And they just uh, they look forward to, to playing in games like that. They like it when there's a good atmosphere when we go into games. Well, some big games coming up for you guys as well. Uh, game coming up Tuesday at home against Winfield. Um, well, actually, it's Monday at home against Winfield, excuse me. And then Wednesday at South Charleston. So uh, the MSAC road, never easy. And, uh, of course, uh, before I let you go, one more question I want to ask. So with, with you guys 17-0, and your girls 18-0, and do you sense any competition between the players? <laughs> no, not really, not really. Uh, you know, we, we definitely cheer for them. They come and cheer for us. And, of course, we see them all the time after school, during practice and so forth. So, you know, it, it's it's just fun around them, around those kids. They're such a good basketball team. Well, such a good time for you guys as well. Two-time reigning AAA state champs and 17-0 and to start the uh, 2015-2016 seasons. We start to head down the stretch. Coach Ron Hess, thanks for joining us tonight. Okay, thank you, guys. All right, that's Huntington High School boys coach Ron Hess. And, uh, guys, we, he talked about it right there a little bit as well. This team 
Tavian Dunmartin, the actor and signee, he's the one that most people know and associate because he's been such a contributor for three years and four years, basically. But you talk about J.R. Howard. Um, this is a ball club that's got good balance offensively, and they found a way to win in what I thought was a very mature-type victory. Well, and, and like he said, he wanted Dunmartin, even though he hadn't been shooting the ball well and that went over Bridgeport, he wanted the basketball in his hand. Dun Martin got a great look from behind the arc to put the the ball in the air and an opportunity for a win, but it was Michael Howard that was there that or Michael Dawson, excuse me, that was there for the tip back. And it's it's one of the things this team it has players that on any given night can be the superstar, not just Tavian Dun Martin, but at the same time there are players that are supporting cast members as well that can come off the bench, give him four or five minutes to get somebody that's in foul trouble on the bench, somebody that's gassed that needs a quick puff. And that's that's huge, especially at the high school level. You know, you get to the college level, you get to the NBA level, you need guys that can go out there and contribute. But if you can get somebody that can go out there, play down, play some lockdown defense, because that's one of the things Huntington loves to do. And, Coach, you know it's when you want to press, it's difficult to press off of a missed basket because typically if you try to press, you're already beaten because you're out of position. But if you can get those baskets to drop – Get in your press, much like what Huntington did. They go from down nine to down five off of two two possessions because of crazy turnovers that leads to very easy baskets, and it changes the momentum of that ball game. Yeah, and I tell you what, one thing that jumped out at me that Coach Hess talked about, he's done a great job there, is uh, the maturation not just of the team, but when you think of Tavy Dunn Martin. He could go out and try and put up 35 or 40 a night, but I liked what he said. When he's not getting his opportunities, he's sharing the ball. He's getting it to the open person. Now, late game, you want the ball in that young man's hands. But when he told us that he had a couple of options at the end of games that wanted shots, that also is huge right there because most teams – one, if you got two, you're above average. But when you got multiple people willing to take the big shot, that says a lot. And this team, look at the maturation. This is the kind of team that can go for the trifecta. When you think about how this run started and you think about the Washington team that came into the Civic Center that everybody had crowned as champions, not just of the uh, AAA, but uh, I think the junior college ranks. Yeah, they, they were ready to they take were on impressive. some juco's. We, we did some of those games uh, on the video uh, coverage of that and James. I was in all of that team, and Huntington High just put their nose down, ended up getting a huge win against them in the semis, and wins the AAA championship for their first one. And last year, they continued to roll. Yeah, that was a crazy good team because they, they, I mean, five guys on the floor, <laughs> they knew every place to be. They filled the lanes, run in transition, I mean, crashed the glass, anything you wanted, and Huntington found a way. And one of the things, real quick, as you brought up, as you talking about Dun Martin, in the, in the win that Huntington survived over GW, it was Pennington that had to step up with four fouls because Dun Martin goes down with cramps right. in the second and half and he finds a way to stay on the floor he goes down that's a different outcome and before we go to break too we mentioned it there were three buzzer beaters in the little general shootout wednesday alone we talked with gary green south charleston about his team's win over morgantown we talked with uh, ron hester about his team's win over bridgeport the other one parkersburg south hits a three at the buzzer to beat ripley by two and you know what great what a great day of basketball that and was. And, and there in the Charleston Civic Center, it's just like you said, it's a teaser of getting ready for postseason and what we have coming up in about three weeks. Well, two weeks from now, the girls' postseason gets underway. One of the teams in AA is undefeated. They are Lincoln. We will talk with the head coach of the Lincoln Cougars, Rob Hawkins, when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Gray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at BasketballNight.com. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 949 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Friday before Valentine's Day. We are glad to have you along as we cover high school basketball throughout the state of West Virginia, boys and girls action, action that's happened tonight on the floor. Also, we kind of try to make sure that you uh, have a feel for what had occurred in the week that's now behind us as well. But in the state of West Virginia, there is currently just one team with 20 wins. It's the Lincoln Cougars girls basketball team as they picked up win number 20 on the season tonight. And a victory over Robert C. Bird, 60-31, was the final. Head coach Rob Hawkins joins us now. And, Coach, first off, congratulations on another win. Uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Uh, we've uh, had two nights in a row here, got a couple wins, so uh, had to fight in the snow early in the week. <laughs> we've all had to fight that all throughout the uh, last month, it seems. But, um, yeah, you picked up a win over Bridgeport earlier in the week, uh, or yesterday, I should say, 62-46. Able to go on the road and get that win. They get the home win over Robert C. Bird tonight. And at 20-0, and and a big game coming up, obviously, Monday with North Marion at home. And, and that's another you know big test for your ball club. But... Do you sense your kids feeling any pressure of that zero in the loss column this late in the season? 
Uh, I'll be honest. I, I really haven't noticed anything uh, with them. Uh, we really don't talk about it. I feel like, you know, uh, I'm pitching a no-hitter here, and we just kind of <laughs> kind of ignore that subject. So uh, I really haven't sensed it at all out of them. Uh, I know it's starting to starting to weigh on me a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, I've been – this is the 17th year I've been a head coach, and I think 9-0 is the best start I ever had. So we're just trying to enjoy it, come out every night, and uh, give our best effort, and, and hopefully good things happen. You've got a pair of young guards, and young, I mean, underclassmen, a sophomore in Gracie Lamb, uh, junior in Hope Bray. Uh, tell me about what they mean to this ball club. Uh, guard play at the with the evolution of basketball these days, I mean, we all know how important it is. And, and to have a true point guard and a true off guard, uh, who both know the game extremely well, you know, both can handle it, both can defend, and uh, they're so multi-talented, just... You know, everything starts with them. And, uh, you know, Gracie is coming off uh, an injury and, and was not full speed early in the year. And and she's gotten better and better. So, you know, watching her get better has obviously made us better as a team, which, you know, that's one thing about it. Regardless of, of what your record is, you have to get better because everybody else is getting better. So they, they do so much for us. And, uh, and like I said, just having, having that guard combo that you can count on night in, night out has been huge for us. Coach Hawkins, Coach Marone here again. Congratulations on a great start. And a couple of things I'd like to get your thoughts on. One, of course, your schedule there in the Big Ten is uh, is rugged and gets you ready for tournament of play. One of the games that jumps out, I mean, you went into Fairmont, got a win there back in January against Fairmont, Fairmont Senior. But the thing I'm impressed with your ball club, you mentioned the two guards, and they do a tremendous job, but they really don't press and force to get their own. If it's not there, they really include your other players. You've got some other very good players that uh, you know, kind of feed off of each other. Your team really clicks well together, and uh, I'd just like to get your thoughts on uh, a lot of teams have star players, but they don't really fit into the system. Your kids do both, and I think that's a compliment to you and your staff. Yeah, we feel like uh, our, our team is, is built uh, very well. That They all fit well together. You know, tonight, for example, uh, my five starters, it was 12 points, 10 points, 10 points, 9 points, 9 points. So we were very balanced tonight, and you're right. Those two guards, of course, Gracie and being a being a point guard, you know, she gets everybody involved. It's only been recently where she's really uh, started to score a lot, and uh, and Hope's the same way. Uh, Hope does not force a lot. You know, she's averaging 21 points a game, and there's time I think she needs to shoot more. And, and our other three starters have. You know, Madison Jeffries is our second leading scorer. She does a great job. And, and our center, Josie Payton. And then uh, our power forward's a sophomore, Jay Deanberry, who has really come along well. And so, yeah, they, the, the five of them fit together, and then our bench players come in and just compliment them. So it, it's really a team that, that, that the, the pieces fit well together. Coach, you talked about uh, Hope Bray now being a junior this season, and we've talked to the, every coach that we've talked to this evening and, and throughout the season this year, we've talked about that maturation that we see, especially when a player goes from the sophomore level up to the junior level. How much have you seen from her in that classification of really taking over the leadership roles of the team going from that sophomore up to that junior position? Uh, the confidence she has shown, that's been the biggest thing. You know, Hope's a very humble young lady. And, uh, you know, to see her kind of kind of come out of her shell a little bit and be more aggressive uh, on the court and, and looking for her own shot, that's the biggest thing that I've seen out of her. 
and uh, she worked so hard in the off season. You know, work work to get better physically and work to get better as a basketball player. So it's been a joy to watch her grow up these last three years and and, and turn into the player she's become. Well, showdown in Shenston coming up Monday as North Marion comes to town to take on twenty no unbeaten Lincoln and. Uh, Coach Rob Hawkins of the Cougars, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We wish you the best throughout the remainder of the uh, season. I appreciate you having me on again. All right, that's Rob Hawkins, the head coach of the Lincoln girls basketball team. Let's move right along, staying in Big Ten country, WPDX Radio. Bill Nestor had the call. Uh, Fairmont Seniors, two-point win over Robert C. Bird. And, Bill, for the Flying Eagles of RCB, this seems like a case of deja vu. Sure was, guys. I'll tell you, a tough break for Robert Seaberg down the stretch. They held the lead for the majority of the game. I think it was about three minutes and uh, change left in the contest before Fairmont Senior got their first lead of the game. And uh, it seemed like everything was going in favor of the Flying Eagles. But uh, give credit to the home team. Fairmont Senior really stepped up in that fourth quarter, put a lot of pressure out there and uh, end up pulling out a hard-fought win, a two-point game. But, but you know what? These kind of games, uh, you learn a lot from them, and uh, you look at what's happened since we last talked. RCB lost a heartbreaker double overtime game Saturday uh, in Beckley to uh, Wyoming East and then to lose this one. So you, you build a little bit of character even though you, you take the losses, and hopefully some of the younger guys will learn some things from this, and, and hopefully it'll help them here as we get closer to the stretch front of the tournament. Well, this is a team that is 12 and 12-4 on the season. You just mentioned now three of those losses right there. You're talking about two to Fairmont Senior. Uh, one of them came at the buzzer. Also, that double overtime loss to Wyoming East. I mean, this team isn't far off. They're right there. Oh, really? When you look at uh, what they have and how they've played and and uh, what they can do, I mean, it's, it's really not that not that far off. You're talking about a team that that really a couple plays here or there could easily uh, just have one loss on the year. And so uh, the confidence level of the kids still high, even though they've lost a couple of these close ones. And and so you've got to just regroup and restructure and try to find a way to to finish strong. But you look at tonight's ball game, senior Luke Dyer, the All-State guard. Paced RCB in scoring with 16, but uh, had a scoreless third quarter, and that's when momentum started to shift in favor of Fairmont Senior. Dow, the only player in double figures for Robert Seabird, suffered some foul problems early on and made it tough for them to uh, to step up and get some scoring from some other players. Same thing happened in that loss in Beckley, as Dyer fouled out in that contest in the fourth quarter, so didn't play in the first overtime or the second overtime. So uh, that was a tough one right there. So, yeah, but when you look at where you're at, not too far off. Just got to tweak a few things. And the main thing for this team is to keep guys on the floor for the uh, the majority of the game. When you get in foul trouble, it causes a lot of issues, especially with the rotation. You know, RCB can go seven, eight, nine guys deep. When you have a couple guys out with foul trouble, then, then some of the guys you normally count on for three or four minutes then are put in a position where they've got to play 10, 12, 14 minutes. And they're not really ready for those type of roles. So that that kind of uh, has been the issue for this team. But yeah, when you when you look at where they're at, not, not too far off at all, really. Bill, when you you look at uh, the win tonight that Fairmont Senior comes away and the remaining games that they have, including a matchup at the very last game of the season with Bridgeport, how big does that play into account of what they are trying to continue to do and and stay abreast and and stay atop of those standings with Bridgeport still at the top? 
you know, Bridgeport's just a tough team to knock off. Let's face it, they're they're well coached. Mike Roby does an excellent job with that team, and they've got the total package. They've got great guard play. They've got the bigs inside. They got the hard workers, and they've got a pretty solid bench as well. So yeah, Bridgeport definitely a front runner in the Big Ten in the area. And uh, so you know, Robert Seabird's got to lock up with the Indians. As a matter of fact, next week, RCB does battle with uh, Philip Barber on Tuesday, and then Bridgeport on Friday. So you've got a couple big ones there, but. Uh, you know, Bridgeport really lost that heartbreaker to Huntington and, and had a pretty sound win. They led uh, from start to finish against uh, Fairmont Senior in their win here recently against the Polar Bears. So right now you look at the area in terms of north-central West Virginia, and right now it's it's Bridgeport that's playing the best basketball. And, of course, with Fairmont Senior with a couple close wins, and they're right there as well. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a nice, interesting run down the stretch in this Big Ten Conference. Bill, always a pleasure. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Happy Valentine's Day, too, fellas. Hey, thanks a lot. That's Bill Nestor. He's WPDX Radio, voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We'll get you a scoreboard update. We'll also introduce you to our standout athlete of the week as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFGH 4K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYHPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter 
at hoops underscore roundup. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.03 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Andrew Harrison with us now. We'll talk with him about our standout athlete of the week in just a moment. Rick Marone with us as well. James Collier will be back in a few moments uh, as we head into the second hour of the fastest three hours in radio. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We know you're here wanting a scoreboard. Let's get you another basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Basketballnight.com, your one-stop shopping for high school basketball scores. Let's take a look at the ladies first tonight in girls basketball all across the Mountain State. First up, George Washington gets a big win over Riverside, 79-30 to up on the hill at GW. The Red Dragons of South Char- or St. Albans fall to Huntington. 56 to 49. The Highlanders stay perfect at 19 and 0. Lincoln just talked to Coach Hawkins from the Lincoln Lady Cougars. 60 to 31 winners over RCB. 20 and 0 are the Cougars, the only team in the state, either girls or boys, with 20 wins. Moorefield 58 to 12 winners over Harmon. Clay Battelle gets a 40 to 28 winner over the Trinity Warriors. And Pikeview falls to Nicholas County, 64-49 the Grizzlies with a victory over the Panthers. The Maroon Knights of Wheeling Central, 55-45 winners over Charleston Catholic. In a big double-A matchup, Summers County, 63, Wyoming East, 42. Big win for the number three-ranked Bobcats, and Wayne Ryan will hear from him in just a bit on the program. Parkersburg South, 81, Brook, 23. Kaiser, the Golden Tornadoes of Josh Blow fall, 59-55 to Mountain Ridge, Maryland. Also in girls basketball, Cabell Midland gets a 43-42 win over Winfield tonight. Ryan, you got to look at the boys' scores tonight. Taking a look at boys' basketball scores tonight, the West Virginia School for the Deaf beats Governor Baxter out of Maine by a final score of 52-27. That is in the Eastern Schools of the Deaf Athletic Association Tournament. A nice win for the Lions tonight. Also tonight, boys basketball, the Polka Dots are 15-2 after a 69-47 victory over Sissonville. Also tonight, it was Greenbrier East defeating Nicholas County, 87-62. Other boys scores tonight, Petersburg, the Vikings go to 9-8 with a 70-68 win over the Berkeley Springs Indians. The Gilmer County Titans are 9-6 after beating Braxton County, 72-44. Bridgeport continues to impress the Cougar, or excuse me, the Indians beat the Lincoln Cougars 61-56. Bridgeport 14-1. Elkins gets a win over Buchanan Upshur. The Tigers pick up their second win of the year, 57-53. Elkins winners tonight over the Buccaneers. Fairmont Senior beats Robert C. Bird tonight, 46-44. Also tonight, it was Fayetteville mauling Valley Fayette. 92 to 30. The Pirates now 12 and 2. The Grafton Bearcats pick up a 62-43 win over Liberty Harrison. It was Hedgesville defeating Spring Mills tonight, 43-36. The Herbert Hoover Huskies are 12 and 4 after they beat Wayne tonight by a score of 56-52. Herbert Hoover gets the win. Huntington goes to 17 and 0 with an 80 to 57 win over Hurricane. It was Independence over Summers County, 78-68. Philip Barber defeats Lewis County, 66-63. Mountain View over Mann, 67-53. Martinsburg defeats Musselman tonight, 93-64. 
The Parkersburg Big Reds are 10 and 7, but they fall tonight. Ripley goes to 14 and 5 with a big win, 76-48. Ripley gets the win. South Charleston, a 51-33 winner over Winfield tonight. Waterford, Ohio defeats Wahama 57 to 40. 50, let me try this again. 54 to 47. The White Falcons fall to Waterford, Ohio. Easy for me to say. Woodrow Wilson's Flying Eagles over Riverside tonight, 86 to 62. It was John Marshall defeating Buckeye Local, Ohio. 68-56, Parkersburg South, an 88-43 winner over Lindsley. Harrison Central, Ohio, beats Brooks, 66-57. Oak Glen over Barnesville, Ohio, 81-56. The Golden Bears playing a lot better of late, now 6-13. It was Hannibal River, Ohio, defeating Cameron, 51-44. Van defeats Valley Wetzel, 57-56 in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational Division I Championship. Tyler Stewart, a buzzer beater for the Bulldogs in the win. They are 16-3. Capital defeats George Washington tonight, 66-50. It was Tug Valley over Greater Beckley Christian, 80-43. Ravenswood defeats Parkersburg Catholic, 64-47. And the Steubenville Big Red defeat Wheeling Park, 79-48. We'll talk more about Wheeling Park later in the show. That is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Our standout athlete of the week, we'll have her on at 1030, but we want to introduce you to her first. Her name is Ashley Scott, and Andrew Harrison is here with us now. And Andrew, Ashley Scott, a freshman with Pikeview High School, and off to a good start, running the point guard for uh, the Lady Panthers. Yeah, point guard for the Lady Panthers. And uh, with her uh, being the standout athlete of the week, she's, she does something at school the first time this year as a freshman. She joined the Pikeview High School uh, JRT, JROTC, and it's something that her father, Scott, talked about uh, it has helped her become more disciplined as not only a player but a person in her lifestyle. She has a busy and hectic schedule, and that's uh, something that's helped her. The JRTC has uh, doing it, and she got started with it kind of w- from her head volleyball coach. The JRTC programs are something that have grown at various schools and do a whole lot of good for a lot of kids. She's also a member of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the FCA, and that's something that's growing at the high school ranks as well. Yeah, and she started in middle school, and she has a younger sister who's, starting, who's in middle school now, and she's starting to do it as well. And her, her father, Scott, says that it's just something that she really loves to do. And when she started it early, uh, she's just carried it over into high school, and it's one thing that's kind of passed down kind of now sibling-wise, uh, and it's gone to the middle school level. But she started in middle school, and she said, uh, he said that uh, you know, his uh, other daughter as well is starting in middle school early. Andrew has more now on our standout athlete of the week, Ashley Scott. Ashley Scott is a standout point guard for the Pikeview Lady Panthers, and she is this week's Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Scott's first word as a baby was ball, and every year since third grade, she has been playing the game of basketball. Richard Scott, Ashley's father, says her freshman year stats have been stellar and above expectation. When she started being one of the higher scorers, especially with the three-point thing she's kind of fell into, I was kind of shocked myself. I'm really thrilled. I never expected to see her on the list, you know, the first year. She's been top 15, which I find amazing. The 5'7 point guard is averaging over 12 points, 4 assists, and 6 rebounds per game. 
Scott says his daughter improved upon two aspects of her game before the start of her freshman season at Pikeview. Ball handling, you know, if you're going to be out front getting the ball to folks, you need to have good skills. She's also worked on uh, her shot, both driving in and, and outside, because we knew we were going to be shorthanded this year. Of course, we got Madison May and Brittany Moore, but we knew we were going to need points. Mr. Scott says Ashley has grown accustomed to playing the position of point guard over the years, and one goal of hers is to get into a good college. She has maintained good grades as an honor student and a two-sport athlete. Head coach for the Pikeview Lady Panthers, Karen Miller, says Scott has a blue-collar mentality when it comes to the game of basketball. She is a hard worker. Um, She's a gym rat. Anytime she can get in the gym to work on her game, she is willing to come in. She'll come in sometimes early. And there's times that she asks, can't you stay even longer to work on her shot or anything that she really needs to work on? Ashley Scott is not only a point guard for the Pikeview Lady Panthers, she also plays volleyball. Scott continues to help others around her while also becoming more disciplined as her schedule grows busier. She's an extension of Coach Miller and her family on and off the court. Scott is a freshman, primed and ready for future success. Reporting for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Andrew Harrison. Thank you very much, Andrew. And, uh... Great job, uh, as always, with our standout athlete. We'll, we'll meet Ashley Scott uh, in a little bit. We'll have her on the program. Uh, her team having a difficult loss tonight against uh, Nicholas County. But, uh, James, if, if you visit basketballnight.com, you can see the graphics. Again, Mike Stanley and, and company, those graphics are just incredible. Um, but what I noticed – those three-point shots that she's taking are not necessarily close to the three-point line. No, she doesn't have to be anywhere near the uh, anywhere near the three-point <laughs> line. Uh, that's Steph Curry esque. I mean, she she's a, it's, you see something like that, and uh, first thing you worry about is my goodness, anywhere in the gymnasium, this girl's in, in range. And uh, when you have a shooter that can step out and really st- and knock down a shot twenty-two, twenty-three feet away, coach, you know this. You you go, you go into a zone and you have to start trying to play that. It almost turns the you, you separate the team so much because you force those those high players to pull out twenty feet away from the basket and it really opens up that center of the floor. It almost forces you into a two one two rather than a two three. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Madison May has really uh, benefited greatly because a lot of people know about her, Ryan, and uh, she's put up some gaudy numbers this year. And I, I agree with James. I think one of the reasons is Ashley Scott has been able to stretch the zone. Can't really do a lot of boxing one on Madison May when you got Ashley Scott. Maybe you attempt a triangle two, but uh, it really puts a lot of pressure on defense. When you have a point card that can distribute and shoot from uh, zip code range, as they say, she crosses half court, she's in the in the range. Uh, exciting for Pikeview. They had a tough year this year, but may make a run in tournament. Coach Miller's been to the state tournament with those Panthers a few times. Uh, they're eight and ten uh, uh, so they're they're kind of in the middle, but they're they're young, and I tell you what, the, their upside is huge. And you got two young players there that can be exciting. You, you to talking watch. about triangle too? You got a shooter like that. You need triangle more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need an isosceles triangle. <laughs> Look that one up during the break. And, and what what also impresses me though, and, and I'm I'm tying some things in here together. If you think back to the WVU men's teams under John Beeline and the Marshall team right now, men's basketball under Dan D'Antoni, how they spread the floor and how much bigger the floor looks, which creates so much more space around the basket. Yeah, those inside players love players like Ashley Scott. I uh, tell you what, Marshall's got some shooters. It just opens up the wheelhouse inside when you've got anybody that's competent in the post and you're getting singled up down there because you can't double down 
It makes your whole team better. So she's doing a great job. A lot of the things she's doing off the court really jump out at you. Wants to work with uh, disabled athletes, uh, you know, in sports and health and uh, FCA member, JROTC. I mean, hitting all the and, right And doing spots. all this as a freshman. Yeah, looking forward to, to meeting her later on the program. But very deserving of our Standout Athlete of the Week. And uh, Andrew Harrison does a great job with that. And as always, you can nominate a Standout Athlete of the Week. Go to basketballnight.com. You can find the information there. You can also find all the scores. Also, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. There are a thousand ways to get in touch with us, basically. So, in, in this day of technology, you can pick up a rotary phone and still get a hold of us. And if you know, <laughs> if you know of a way that we don't have, just send us a message. Marcus will make it happen. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. Ryan, you, you said rotary phone. I think most of our audience probably has I, I no idea what you're right talking about. slipped it in. What? If you want to send James a Twitter message, he'll define a rotary phone <laughs> yeah. for you because us three know what that is. A lot of our visitors you, probably you could go along with, with snail mail and make that work the same. And people are going, what are these guys talking about? Can you believe that to make a phone call, you used to have to kind of put your finger into a hole on the number that you wanted to dial and turn the, the wheel? Until and you it, could dial a number seven digit, too. Yeah. Go to a museum. And yeah, you see didn't a, have to dial an area code no. either. And see a phone booth. There are no such things anymore. Look around. Hey, you, phone don't booths. Have, you don't have to go to a museum. You can walk up into Old Main. There's one up there. There's one left at Marshall University. Yes, there is. There's your history lesson. <laughs> All right, we'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Jones at CR Jones WV, William M. Richards at Lefty 1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert 53, J. Mark Gladwell at MB Wildcat Hoops, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty at Tyler underscore 242424, Jody Basil, R. At Taxi 431, WVHS Sports, S. Boggs at Guard Girl 76, and Wayne Young. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. This 
This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-18 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We are not in the love shack tonight. <laughs> We're, Speak for yourself, buddy. Hey, we're in the studios of WMUL and, uh, and the uh, the television station that broadcasts here at Marshall University. And a big thanks to them. We, I don't think sometimes we necessarily thank them enough for all that they do to make this show possible. So uh, we couldn't do it without them. Big thanks to all of them. Um, there are too many people to name. We would be here the rest of the uh, the rest of the show just naming people because there are a lot of people who uh, who go into making this work. You know, girls basketball tonight, game that really stands out. Double A, big game in Hinton. Summers County defeats Wyoming East, 63-42. Whitney Justice, 24. Brittany Justice, 19. Just the second loss of the year for the Warriors. The Bobcats are now 18-1. Wayne Ryan was there on a wild night in Hinton. And, Coach, your team comes out with a – sound victory over a very good Wyoming East team tonight. Congratulations on the win. Thank you very much. It, it was a good win. I'm really, really happy for our kids because uh, us Wyoming East, outstanding basketball team, and and I'll, I mean, I'll say they're the best team in the state in class double A, but we beat them tonight, and our kids played really well. I'm really very happy for them. Well, Coach, your, your ball club had a little bit of a hiccup, uh, a little, you know, not too long ago, in, in a loss to Bluefield. That region, as we know, is just fantastic, uh, very well balanced, and at a high level. Uh, that win over Wyoming East tonight really, to me, makes that region not look as uh, as simple as it did maybe uh, a week and a half or so ago. Well, I mean, you're right. There's there's several good teams in this region, but but there's three I think outstanding teams. I mean, Bluefield and Summers County and and Wyoming East are all really good, and uh, you know it is what it is. Two of us come to the state tournament, and one stays home, and of course our objective is to make sure we're one of the two. Uh, however, that has to be, and that's that's uh, it's not going to be easy because uh, uh, Bluefield and Wyoming East are both really quality teams. Hey, Coach, Coach Marone here. Congratulations on the win tonight. How big a win is that, just uh, getting uh, that mindset? I know Wyoming East has, has kind of had, uh, had uh, the number of some of the teams in that region. Uh, and uh, to get a win over them, I have to think moving forward as tournament time lurks, not just with East, but with all the teams in that top, top group. Your, your group has shown that they can not only compete but can win against the top teams in AA. Well, well, Rick, you're you're right. You know, that's that's a big win for that reason because uh, I mean, I've watched Wyoming East a lot. Our scouting team has watched uh, Wyoming East a lot, and and you know that they're awesome. I mean, you watch them play, and you're like, my goodness, you know, how, how do you how, what do you do? But uh, you know, give our kids credit. We thought we had a game plan that would give us an opportunity, and they executed it very well. And uh, you know, we found a way to get the job done. The score is a little misleading. Down the stretch, they had to foul, and we were really good at the foul line to pull away to, to distance that game a little bit. But but uh, our kids just did a great job because uh, Wyoming East gets so much offense in transition and on second shots, and we did a good job eliminating those two things tonight, and that was crucial. Coach, that was my next question. Uh, I, I thought maybe I had a I had a, a bad connection. I thought it said eighteen to twelve at the half, which your defense must have just been unbelievable if you held the Warriors to twelve points in the half. 
Well, we, we also control tempo. We chose not to play with them like our normal style play uh, because uh, they are a lot deeper than we are. And we didn't go up and down the floor at the pace we normally do. So uh, we, we used a lot of minutes on possessions, tried to, t- tried to shorten the game and, and execute and then take advantage of the scoring opportunities we had. And we were able to do that in the first half and control the tempo and, and shorten the game and uh, play great defense at the same time, limit them to one shot and, get, uh, one shot and give them no layups. And it was a good recipe for us tonight. Coach, looking at your schedule, it shows a rematch coming up next week with uh, Wyoming East, and then you've also got Bluefield on the, the docket coming up as well. You close out the end of the season with Princeton. Tell me about this final push that you have. How much does having a, a, a very heavy backloaded schedule right before you get ready to go into tournament play help you and your team? Well, uh, you know, we have to act like it's tournament time now and, and play with that uh, type of intensity and that type of focus. If we do that, then we're going to be seasoned and polished going into tournament play and not have to play any different when tournament play starts. So that's what we're, we're hoping for. Hey, listen, we know that we, we woke up a sleeping giant tonight, and they're going to be ticked off Tuesday. I mean, <laughs> you know, they've got a lot of pride. They're an extremely good basketball team, and we know that. But, you know, we're going down to their place Tuesday, and it'll be wild and it'll be crazy. But, you know, we'll accept the challenge, and, and, and we'll, we'll give it a go and then we're going to turn around and play bluefield too and and then we'll be ready to start sexual play i believe <laughs> I, believe we'll, I believe we will have made a lot of uh a lot of adjustments and seen a lot of things that should have us prepared for what the tournament brings i don't think anybody's gonna throw anything at you that you haven't seen by that point we'll just put it that way but but coach something that uh we've been getting a lot uh, about and i don't want to do any finger point or anything like that but i understand that in things at times maybe off the court got a little bit rough there tonight and i know with a quick turnaround to tuesday we you don't want any carryover from that but from your standpoint having to function as a coach i believe your athletic director as well um yeah. anything you would want to address there before we let you go tonight well you know there were some fans that threw things on the court. And I don't care what fans and where and in what situation. This game is about our kids. And we don't work with our kids and we don't put everything into the kids and invest in them and give them opportunities to throw things at people on a basketball court. That's a sad state. And uh, and then, you know, there was some un- unhappiness at the end that they were, that, that they were going to get beat. And then I'm sure their behavior exemplified what uh, they would like it to exemplify. And I'm going to leave it at that. All right, Coach, congratulations on your win tonight. And as always, been a pleasure talking with you. Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for what you do, and go Lady Bobcats. All right, the Lady Bobcats, big winners tonight over Wyoming East. Going right back to the phones, Fred Persinger II, WJLS Radio in Beckley. He is the voice of the Flying Eagles. And, Fred, a nice win tonight for Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, it was. It was a, a good win for Beckley uh, over a good Riverside team, and Beckley wins by 26 points and uh, really just uh, put the game away in the first quarter of play. And, and Beckley's been doing that pretty much all season long, uh, sitting now 14-1 and one of the season. But uh, uh, to beat a good Riverside team tonight like that and, and, and not to have one of our starters in Courtney Walton who didn't play because of an injury and still win by that kind of a margin, I think it just goes to show how good this Beckley team can be. Well, Fred, uh, and we'll talk more about Beckley here in just a second specifically, but looking statewide, just at the boys' records right now, you've got six teams with three losses or less and ten teams with four losses or less. Mm-hmm. I think this is are, – are we setting up to see a state tournament perhaps that – maybe harkens back to the days of 20-some years ago when you had a lot of uh, just 
tremendous teams, not just one or two really good teams. We're talking five, six, a deep field of teams that could possibly make a run in Charleston. Oh, I think so. When, when you look at it, look at the AAA division. I think AAA is loaded. And when you look at right now, you've got Huntington. That, that everybody would fit at the number one slot. And then, uh, you know, Capitals playing well right now. Then you've got Beckley. Then you throw in Morgantown, uh, Martinsburg, Parkersburg South. I mean, sucks. Uh, Ripley is a, is a very good ball club by their score tonight over Parkersburg. It'll be a good Parkersburg team. So I think you've got to go throw Ripley into the mix. And that's not even talking – uh, up in the northern part of the state, when you look at uh, Morgantown and, and, and Wheeling Park, and I know they've taken a couple of tough losses lately, but still, uh, I think AAA basketball maybe this year the state tournament, if the teams get there who we're looking at right now at the top, if they can all get there, um, I think you're going to have an outstanding state tournament. Fred, you, you look ahead at the, the Flying Eagles' next ske- next upcoming games on the schedule uh, they're going to play. They play tonight. They'll play tomorrow. Have Sunday off. Then play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Play again Thursday. If they still have any legs left after Thursday, I mean, can you just go ahead and, and put those guys maybe in the state semifinals? I mean, what a gauntlet of a run that they have to make just to get through the regular season. Then they still have three games left, including one in the MSAC. Yeah, when when you look at the schedule, of course, tonight Beckley with the big lead. I mean, Beckley jumped out twenty five to nine. I think it was at the end of the first quarter of play, and uh, Beckley starters did not play in the fourth quarter tonight. Matter of fact, they didn't play the last three minutes of the third quarter and the fourth quarter at all tonight. Uh, so, so Coach Kidd knew that what they've got coming up, and uh, you know the weather situation's not helping us out at all. Uh, it's pouring the snow right now in Beckley, so. You know, I'll be honest, I don't know if we'll make the trip to Parkersburg tomorrow because of the snow. And uh, then there's another storm coming Monday and Tuesday that threatens those two games as well. So uh, it's uh, the weather's probably the biggest havoc on Beckley's schedule right now. But um, Beckley has been able to rest some of those guys. I mean, they, they, when you look at their schedule and the games they've played this year, they've beaten teams by an average of 29 points per game. Uh, so a lot of times in the fourth quarter, uh, the starters are not playing. Uh, so they've been able to rest those guys, and then and, and with not having school, you can't practice. So, I mean, they haven't been doing much. So they, they, I don't think you have to worry about Beckley and uh, a lot of these teams who haven't had the chance to play a lot of games, uh, worrying about them getting tired when you come down this stretch of the season. But if Beckley does get to play the games coming up, when you look at it tomorrow night, traveling to Parkersburg, we come back home at the convention center to take on Capital on Monday, go on the road to take on a very good Ripley team on Tuesday, we get Wednesday off. And then you take on South Charleston at South Charleston on Thursday. And then depending on what happened with the MSAC, whether playing uh, Friday or Saturday, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of games for Beckley and this team. Uh, but I think they're ready to play some basketball because they haven't really done a lot of playing basketball this year because of the weather. Well, we joke about will their legs hold up. My question is, will your voice hold up? That's a lot of basketball. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope it does. I mean, we just got finished with uh, the Big Atlantic Classic last week where I called uh, – 15 games in a week, so uh, I think we'll be okay, hopefully, uh, is it, for the rest of the race. Fred, you just kind of use that as a tune-up, getting ready for the games coming up in Charleston uh, about three weeks from now? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, and that's always fun. I, I've, I've had the opportunity to work uh, with the network on the opposite side of the floor uh, doing the uh, red hat, and uh, that's always fun. But, I, you know, I love those two weeks. When you put the girls' state tournament and the boys' state tournament together, uh, you can understand why it's definitely an event in the state of West Virginia because it's just – it's so much fun to watch those games, and you always get some great games. And I cannot wait until uh, the second and third week in March. Fun to talk about it. It's almost here. Fred Persinger the second WJLS voice of the Beckley Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles. Always a pleasure, Fred. 
Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. And right now, we will step aside and take a break. We'll come back. We'll get a scoreboard update. And then we're going to rattle through a bunch of phone calls. We're lining up. Yeah, they are. Yeah, the screen is filled up. We'll have to take care of that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High School Basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your call recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup you can also text us 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 and you can send us an email email scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com go to our website check it out find out how you can connect with the show a shout out to all our new twitter followers follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup new followers include christina fox at kfox underscore provado traquan gibson lucas haynes at luda 304 coach wiley at alex 1967 thanks for following us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup if you love basketball then there's only one place to be on friday nights after the game Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. It's only 10.33. It's not midnight at the Roxbury yet. But we are with you until midnight. I'm making references that no one will know. The old Saturday Night Live routine. I know our crew in the back gets it. but That was Mike. Yeah. They get it. Oh, yeah. They get it. But still, wow. All right. You have a lot of people shaking their head right now. Yeah. <laughs> midnight at the Roxbury. Again, look at the old SNL skit. Will Ferrell. There's also a movie, yes. Definitely uh definitely a movie. And that song right there was that, was that, like it, it popped in popularity okay. because of the SNL skit. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. <laughs> educating you on everything. <laughs> You're not a one trick pony. No, ten thirty four. Definitely not. But we gotta get a scoreboard update. We'll also have our standout athlete of the week, Ashley Scott, and a little bit later on. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will share a special story with us. Oh, we better start that right now. 
Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the mountain state. We'll start on the boys. West Virginia School of the Deaf pick up their second win of the season with a 52-27 win over Governor Braxton. Or Baxter, excuse me. Poca over Sissonville, 69-47. It was Greenbrier East over Nicholas County, 87-62. Petersburg knocks off Berkeley Springs, 72-68. It was Gilmer County over Braxton County, 72-44. Bridgeport bounces back after suffering their first loss of the season earlier this week to Huntington with a 61-56 win over the Lincoln Cougars. Elkins defeats Buckhannon Upshur, 57-253. Fairmont Senior survives an upset bid by the Robert C. Bird Eagles, 46-44, your final. Fairmont Senior, 15-3 in Class AA. Fayetteville, a 92-30 win over Valley Fayette. It was Grafton over Liberty Harrison, 62-43. Hedgesville in overtime over Spring Mills, 43-36. The Eagles now 15-3 in Class AAA. Hoover over Wayne, 56-52. It was Huntington. Picking up win number 17 this season, still undefeated. 82-57 win over Hurricane. Independence, a 10-point win over Summers County, 78-68. That game goes to overtime. Thomas dumps in 22 for Summers County. Ryan adds 17. It was Jefferson, a three-point win over the Washington Patriots, 60-57. Philip Barber, a three-point win over Lewis County, 66-63. Mountview over Mans. 67 to 53. Martinsburg moves to 16 and 3 this season with a 93-64 win over the Musselman Appleman. Parkersburg falls to Ripley 76-48. The Vikings now 14 and 5 in Triple A. South Charleston also keeping pace in Triple A, knocking off Winfield 51 to 33. The Black Eagles 13 and 4. Waterford, Ohio defeats Wahama 54-47. Ward County a one point win over Ritchie County 47. 47- to 46. The Rebels still winless in 2016. Woodrow Wilson, the nice win over Riverside, 86 to 62. John Marshall defeats Buckeye Local out of Ohio, 68 56. Park South defeats Lindley, West Virginia, 88 to 43. It was Harrison Central knocking off Brooks, 66 57. Oakland over Barnesville, Ohio, 81 56. River Hannibal out of Ohio cools the Flaming Dragons out of Cameron, 51-44. Van with a one-point win over Valley Wetzel, 57-56. Tyler Stewart with a buzzer beater for the Bulldogs. It was St. Albans with a one-point win over Cabell Midland, 59-58. Capital, a 16-point win over GW, 66-50. Tuck Valley over Greater Beckley Christian, 80-43. Ravenswood defeats Park Catholic, 80 they're 64 to 47, and Steubenville over Wheeling Park, 79 to 48. Coach Moreau. Let's take a look at the girls' scores tonight. First in Class AAA, GW gets a win over Riverside, 79 to 30. Huntington continues to roll, 19 and 0. They win 56 to 49 over St. Albans tonight. Lincoln, 20 and 0 in Class AA. The Cougars get a 60 to 31 win over RC Bird. Greater Beckley Christian, 48 to 26 winners over the Tug Valley Panthers. Moorefield, the Yellow Jackets, big win over Harmon, 58-12 over the Harmon Panthers. Clay Battelle, the Battling Seabees, 40-28 winners over Trinity. Also in Class AA, Nicholas County, big uh, re- not regional win, but a big win for Nicholas County, 64-49 over Pikeview tonight. The Maroon Knights of Wheeling Central, 55-45 winners over Charleston Catholic. 
Big double-A showdown. Wyoming East falls to Summers County, 63-42. The Bobcats get a win at home tonight. Parkersburg South, 81. Brooke Bruins, 23. Jefferson, 70. South Hagerstown, Maryland, 36. The Kaiser Golden Tornadoes fall tonight to Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 59-55. The final in that one. Winfield falls to Cabell Midland. The Lady Knights get a 43-42 win over the Lady Generals. And our final score tonight, North Marion 68, Preston 61. That score a final, and that's your final score on the girls' basketball, basketballnight.com scoreboard update. 10.38 on the program, and now it's time for our standout athlete of the week. Her name is Ashley Scott. She is a freshman at Pikeview High School. The starting point guard for the Lady Panthers, averaging over 12 points, 4 assists, and 6 rebounds per game. And she does so in one of the most difficult regions in AA girls basketball. She joins us now on the program. And Ashley Scott, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week this week. Thank you. Well, you're a member of the Junior ROTC, and then tell me a little bit about uh, joining that program off the court and what it has meant to you and what the opportunities that it has given you so far. Um, it's taught me to be a better person in the world and to respect your country and who served for you. And my volleyball coach, was the one that mentioned it to me and I was really interested in it. Ashley, congratulations on the uh, selection this week for the Standout Athlete of the Week and one of the things that really jumped out to me on your your nomination here, you you aspire to work with disabled kids in sports and health capacity. Tell me about that and how special it is to be able to work with those who are are misfortunate or or suffering from a disease that it it disables them, but they they don't slow down. They still go out and compete and try to make every day an enjoyable part of life. Uh, I've always loved working with little kids that have a problem and that it's special to me in a way because of my cousin. He has autism, and I just take it to heart when I see people like that, and I'd love to help when I get older. Ashley, also a member of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh, tell me about how you're able to take the things that you learn with both the Junior ROTC and the FCA and, and turn that into kind of a leadership role because a point guard has to be a leader even as a freshman uh on your basketball team uh jrcc has helped me conduct myself to be more of a leader towards people and fca it helps me follow the right path to help other people to be a leader Ashley, Coach Marone here, and uh, I know Coach Miller is very fortunate to have you uh, running the point for there for the Lady Panthers, and we were just talking about the range on your shots, some of the package that we were running on the video. I mean, you know, your three-point range is, is pretty extensive, uh, and it really has to help, uh, you know, Madison May and some of your teammates because you do distribute the ball, but you're also able to shoot the ball, and your dad had talked about the work that you put into that. If you could talk a little bit about how you've tried to improve your game to make you a better player and also to help your team. 
working with Madison has always been a privilege to me to help me get better with myself and just my whole team has helped me with so much and I I want to give back to them so I put in as much work as I can especially for Coach Miller and like Coach Miller said I'm always trying to get in the gym to work on my shot to work on passes to work on my footwork everything to get better. Ashley uh, looking at the uh picture on the screen right there you're pulled up from about 25 feet how much time do you put in the gym to be able to find the stroke for that shot um i usually i put 200 to 300 shots up at like every chance that i get and that's inside and outside of the arc and it helps me a lot to work more and more on my shot Ashley, one, one, one quick question about the Jarrow TC. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with that. I know they have some competition teams. I don't know at Pikeview if you all uh, Raider challenges and some different drill things. Uh, how does that uh, impact you as a member of the ROTC as far as the teamwork? You mentioned the leadership, and that's a big part of it. But, boy, you really have to function as a unit, and that really translates to sports as well, I would think. Yeah, I have been mentioned um, to join the Raiders team and help them with that. But during basketball, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I'm most likely doing it after basketball season. Well, Ashley Scott, our standout athlete of the week, thank you for joining us. Congratulations. And always send uh, Coach Miller our best. We all like Coach Miller here. We run across her various (laughs) times. So uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. All right, once again, that's Ashley Scott, standout athlete of the week, Pikeview Panthers. She's a freshman. It's a lot more mature than I was as a freshman. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we'll, uh, we'll be hearing uh, plenty about her over the next uh, three years of her career and stuff. Uh, my, Coach, you're over there loosening my, my shoulder. got sore thinking say, of 250 I'm, shots. My, 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 wrist like just, my wrist just started tightening up. <laughs> when I played, I like to shoot shots, I'm telling <laughs> you. But, uh, Ten to nine is setting in. Yeah. <laughs> the things that we didn't worry about when we were that age but but you know and and the, to go back to what she said there you know trying to get up two, 300 shots a day this goes back to the nebraska head coach of, of the women's team who said or wisconsin, wisconsin excuse me wisconsin thank you i always get those two backwards uh, i'm sorry either way, but but she said they need to get off the phones get off of facebook and 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 twitter and everything else that they do get in the gym Get up the shots. And said it's not a magical potion that you rub on your hand or that you, you, you buy on, on the Internet. It's going in, putting in the hard work, showing up 20 minutes before practice, 20 minutes after practice, getting up those extra shots. And, Coach, you, you've been there many times. You can see the maturity and the skill level of a player just by that little bit of extra work and a little bit of extra time putting in, it makes a big difference in the backside. It's so obvious when you watch a game. When you see someone like Ashley Scott on the floor – that don't happen by accident. It's all those uh, hours in the gym when nobody's there, when the sweat's flying and you're out there putting your work in, and then you put it on display, and it's real obvious within a game. And those kids are rewarded because uh, they get out there and they get to show their skills. And uh, I've been blessed to be around some players. We've got a few ourselves. But uh, it, you, you see the hard work, and you've been around it in coaching as Ryan and myself have too. 
you really appreciate that. And a lot of people don't know what goes into it. They think you show up on game night and then all of a sudden it happens. But those kids deserve to be recognized. She's a great example, not just on the court, but off the court as well. I, seeing those pictures, I want to go watch her play. I just want to see her. I want anybody <laughs> that can stroke from 25 feet out. I mean, that's, that's awesome. because it, It's fun basketball because it does. It really, like you said, it spreads the floor out. It, it forces the defense to really open up. And when you have a player that can shoot, can distribute the basketball like Ashley can, it makes them for very entertaining basketball. Well, Coach Miller can tell you and I can tell you from coaching and I think a lot of her as well as Ryan mentioned uh, uh, you're you're a little bit smarter of a coach and you're a little bit better of a coach when you're surrounded by great people and that's a great example that Coach Miller I'm sure got three more years after this year with Ashley Scott. Definitely uh, something that we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, uh, that Pipeview team over the course of the next several years. We expect some big things from them as well. We'll step aside and take a break when we come back. Our resident referee Bo Anderson will join us. We've got questions for him. He's got a story for us. I mean, can you tease it any better than that? Bo has a story to tell us. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, it is concerning. <laughs> we'll have that Seven second when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Brian Jones at CR Jones WV, William M. Richards at Lefty1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert53, J. Mark Gladwell at MB Wildcat Hoops, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty at Tyler underscore 242424. Jody Basil, R at Taxi 431, WVHS Sports, S Boggs at Guard Girl 76, and Wayne Young. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 1049 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're with you till midnight. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone with you. So happy to have you with us. You know who else we're happy to have with us tonight? Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is on the phone. 
is back. I think somebody else who is happy, his cell phone provider, because he's not burning up extra minutes tonight. Yeah, he's sitting on for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> Good evening, Bo. Hey, this Hey, this might be the shortest wait I've had in quite some time. <laughs> All right, Bo. We've got we've all got questions for you, but we also know that you have a special story to share with us. So we just want to turn you loose here, which is scary, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to turn you loose here. Tell us your story. Well, guys, uh, you know, last Friday uh, game I had was a was a rough game and lots of fouls and technicals and things like that, and talked about it on the show. But last Saturday night. Um, I had a, a, a complete turnaround. It was totally different. And I'm going to mention the teams because this is a total positive. Uh, I had Wahama's girls at Meg's High School in Meg's, Ohio. And uh, Meg's has a girl who is on the team. Her name is Chelsea Knopp. And uh, she has uh, an unfortunate uh, problem. She has a tumor on her spine. And uh she, before the game, the coach told me that, that they had talked to Lama team and the coach and uh, that Chelsea was going to be out there for a few seconds. And uh, so she got down, Meg's got the tip, went down, and uh, the, with the help of the Lama girls, uh, Chelsea got to score the first basket of the game. Uh, she then went out because obviously she had chemo on Friday. Uh, extremely weak, uh, you know, and uh, she goes out of the game. And then with um, a minute and something to go in the game, uh, they put her back in. And, uh, again, the Wahama girls were fantastic in making sure that, you know, she didn't get harmed. And uh, she made the la- one of the last shots of the game, and she is a senior. Uh, and she got to uh, – a standing ovation from the crowd. Uh, and uh, so I had um, forgot uh, the, the whistle I normally use. I forgot it, and I had extra whistles in my bag. So um, after the game went done, usually uh, officials, we get off the court so we don't get to hear all the unkind things that they may say about us. And uh, so I told my two partners that I was going to stay on the floor for a minute. And uh, I waited for her to come down the line to shake hands. And uh, whether it meant anything or not to her, uh, I gave her the game whistle that I used in the game and told her that, uh, you know, this was her night. And uh, I wished her the best. And I'd like just for that to be a gift for her uh, for her senior night. So, um, obviously, uh, you know, um, not everything is just about the game of basketball. Uh, she's going through chemo. I wish her the best, and I also want to applaud the Wahama girls. They went over uh, after they took her out the last time. They went to give her a hug. The coach gave her a hug from Wahama. Uh, you know, it was just a, um, a different kind of moment. So I, I wanted to share that, and uh, Chelsea's listening. I, I hope that uh, she is recovering fully, and uh, we'll get back to a, uh, a normal life. That's fantastic. And sometimes after, I know you, you mentioned you had a rough game last Friday. Sometimes after you have one of those, you, you, you get one that kind of uh, restores your faith in, in, uh, in humanity, not just basketball, but just in people in general. Now, we're, we, we, I mean, that, that, 
That's a great story, too. That's an I awesome like that. story. Yeah, Bo, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now we're going to grill you. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, uh, Coach Marone, we'll let you fire the first salvo here. All right, first salvo, Bo, and I think uh, – I don't know if me and you had talked about this off uh, record but uh, or off the show, but uh, we had a situation uh, in a game, and uh, it was probably handled correctly. It was just something I hadn't seen before. We had a, a player that was disqualified due to fouls, uh, the officials did not communicate well, so the person administering the foul out that should have been waiting on getting a substitute in, the coach was trying to get a sub in, was trying to get somebody to the table. The other official goes ahead and implements the free throw. Uh, so they shoot the first free throw. It was a one-and-one. One. Fortunately, the ball goes through the net. The coach kind of pleaded the case. He only had four players on the court. They end up, uh, at that point, allowing them to get another sub in. And when questioned, the official said that you go ahead and play on because it was, I guess, a live ball situation. So I just wondering the, the rule book and the ruling on that. Uh, should the, I know the official should have waited to get the substitute in for the person that fouled out. They didn't do that. Do you go back and start from where the foul out occurred, or does everything that happened stay in play? Everything that happens, happens. Uh, you know, that's a, a mistake on the official's part, obviously. Uh, they've made a human error. Uh, but uh, if they allow that girl to get the ball and shoot the free throw, then the free throw counts, and uh, and we move on from there. So, yes, it's not a correctable error, uh, so it's not something that you can take back or do uh, as far as free throws goes, because it doesn't do any of the five correctable error situations. Uh, it's just an official's mistake, uh, and that's just the way it goes. The foul shot that went in counts, and uh, we uh, continue to, to play on. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, get the sub in for the for the next foul shot or before the team puts the ball in play. All right, Bo, that's one. Rick's not real happy about it. He's, he's over here ready for a tee. But, um, all right, a situation I saw. Well, I can give him one. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There we go. If I get another one, i got to leave the oh, table. Uh, you can't stand up now. Oh, no. uh, Marone's out of here. <laughs> I would give the signal, but I'm driving. So I, I was going to say, he probably had that prearranged. He wanted an early night again. He's yeah, going to get a use of that 11 o'clock night. Um, no, the situation was ha- that happened in the – uh, in a game, um, a team was fouled, sent to the free throw line. They were in a bonus situation. The official signaled uh, one of the bonus. Free throw goes up, comes off the rim. No one moves except for one player on the defense. He grabs the basketball, starts streaking toward the other end, and the official stops him. He he then stops about midcourt. His coach begins to, to, to wail, score the ball, score the ball. He starts, they blow the whistle again, they blow the play dead. The official comes to the scorer's table and then again learns that it was a one-and-one instead of a two-shot foul. And then his exact words, he stated, can we have a (laughs) do-over? Where do you go from that point? Well, yeah. Well, we don't have a (laughs) do-over. So what page of the rule book is do-over? That's in the fans manual. <laughs> I want a copy of that manual. I've been looking all over, everywhere online for it. Well, well, Rick uses that manual all the time, but we'll go there. Uh, you know, that is an official's mistake, and wherever he killed that ball, and for the play, the team that got that rebound is going to get the basketball right there on that spot. And uh, we're not going to have a do-over because the 
obviously, I had a play like that one time. It was Robinson. Uh The girl shot the shot, uh, missed the shots. Nobody rebounded it. Uh, it rolled back to her, and she turned and threw a rocket at my head. <laughs> and when I got out of the way, it hit the wall, and I blew the ball out of bounds and give it to the other team. And then when the other team goes to take the ball out of bounds, the girl, the girl from the other team says, don't can I ask you a question? I said, this is why we get the ball out of bounds. <laughs> I said, I don't think anybody's been paying any attention in this game. <laughs> so, uh, no, they, you, would, you would kill if you made that mistake and killed the play. Uh, you will give the team the ball back and get the rebound wherever that kid was dribbling at. All right. Two more for you, Bo. Unfortunately, uh, I was hoping to get two, but I'm only going to be able to get one. I'll save one for next week. So here's the one I want to ask. This this came in. This was tweeted to us to ask you about players on the inbounds. And uh, obviously we know you can run the baseline after a made basket. And then if it's a ball out of bounds into a dead ball situation, then you, you're, it's a, a spot throw-in. But explain how it's not exactly the same rule as like a travel violation where you have to keep a pivot foot. Uh, explain like the little the area that you get to throw the ball in in that situation. Absolutely. The, the, the designated spot is three feet wide, with no depth limitation, and all they have to do is keep a, a foot over or something over that three-foot area. So they can jump up and down. They can run backwards as far as they want to all the way to the wall. Uh, they can move right up to the line. They can do anything in that three-foot area. They don't have a pivot foot. The travel rule is not in effect, and they're allowed to move anywhere, step one step out it, you know, then take the other step, step that step out as long as they keep the foot something on or over that three foot area. They have any they can do anything in that three foot area that they deem to do to get the ball in play. Jump up and down with the ball, anything, and there's no depth limitation. So they can drop back like a quarterback in football. If they can go ten feet back and ten feet back they can go, there's no depth limitation. And therefore, uh, no violation occurs until they move completely off of that three-foot designated spot. All right, Bo Anderson, always a pleasure. We always appreciate you taking your time out to talk with us and to help uh, educate us and the uh, the fans out there listening on the on the rules of the game. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, uh, can't thank him enough. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. It's top of the hour already. We're here from Ryan Pritt, who had the George Washington Capitol game for the Charleston Gazette Mail. Hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit with the winner of the Hometown Invitational as well. The Van Bulldogs getting a win at the buzzer. We'll have a scoreboard update as well. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP. 
WSPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.03 on this Basketball Friday Night. In West Virginia, we welcome you back to the program. Happy to have you along. Happy to be here. An hour left to go in our show. We're going to hear from Ryan Pritt. He had coverage of the George Washington Capitol Boys game for the Charleston Gazette Mail. We'll hear from him in just a moment. But first, we'll have James give us a boys scoreboard update. I'll give you a girls scoreboard update. Looking for scores, look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the Mountain State. West Virginia School of the Deaf with a 52-27 win over Governor Baxter. Polka over Sissonville, 69-47. Greenbrier East defeats Nicholas Counties, 87-262. Lost my spot there for a second. Petersburg with a 70-68 win over Berkeley Springs. It was Gilmer County over Braxton County, 72-44. Bridgeport. Moves to 14-1 and in AA with a 61-56 win over the Lincoln Cougars. Elkins over Buchanan Upshur, 57-53. Fairmont Senior with a nice win over RCB, 46-44. The Polar Bears now 15-3. Fayetteville with a 92-30 win over Valley Fayette. It was Grafton over Liberty Harrison, 62-43. Hedgesville defeats Spring Mills in overtime, 43-36. Hoover over Wayne, 56-52. Huntington gets past Hurricane, 82-57. Dejon Congleton, 19 points. Dunn Martin adds 17 points, 6 assists. J.R. Howard, 15 points, 8 assists. On the night, Huntington shoots 61% and assists 34 of their baskets 23 times. That's balance and spreading the basketball. Independent 78, Summers County 68. That's a final in overtime. Thomas with 22-17 for Ryan. For 
the Bobcats. It was Jefferson with a three-point win over Washington, 60-57. Phillip Barber, 66. Lewis County, 63. Mountain View, 67. Man, 53. Martinsburg knocks off Musselman, 93-64. The Bulldogs now 16-3 on the year. Ripley with a 76-48 win over Parkersburg. South Charleston, 51. Winfield, 33. Waterford, Ohio, 54. Wahama, 47. Ward County with a one-point win over Ritchie County, 47-246. The Flying Eagles of Woodrow Wilson fly away with a win over Riverside, 86-62. The starters sat for much of the second half in a one-sided win for Woodrow. Flying Eagles now 14-1 on the season. John Marshall, 68. Buckeye Local, Ohio, 56. Park South defeats Lindsley, West Virginia, 88-43. It was Harrison Central with a 66-57 win over Brook. Oak Glen defeats Barnesville, Ohio, 81-56. River Hannibal, 51. Cameron, 44. Van with a one-point win over Valley Wetzel, 57-56. We'll hear from their head coach in just a moment, Tyler Stewart with a buzzer beater. St. Albans with a one-point win over Cabell Midland, 59-58. Capital, 66. GW, 50. Tug Valley, 80. Greater, Greater Beckley Christian, 43. Ravenswood, 64. Park Catholic, 47. And Steubenville, 79-48 win, win over Wheeling Park. Girls basketball scores tonight. It was George Washington over Riverside, 79-30. Huntington goes to 19-0 with a 56-49 win over St. Albans. Lincoln is 20-0. The Cougars beat Robert Seabird, 60-31. Greater Beckley Christian, a 48-26 win over Tug Valley. Moorefield over Harmon, 58-12. It was Clay Battelle defeating Trinity, 40-28. Nicholas County beats Pikeview, 64-49. It was Wheeling Central Catholic defeating Charleston Catholic, 55-45. Summers County with a 63-42 win over Wyoming East. The Lady Bobcats are now 18-1. The Warriors fall for the second time this year. Parkersburg South beats Brook, 81-23. It was Jefferson over South Hagerstown, Maryland by a final score of 70-36. Mountain Ridge, Maryland, defeats Kaiser, 59-55. Cavill Midland over Winfield, 43-42. North Marion over Preston, 68-61. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. As we get ready to go to the phone lines, I do want to mention that weather is a factor out there. If you're on the roads, do be careful. There's a squall going through Huntington right now, and it's heading toward Charleston. Speaking of Charleston, that's where Ryan Pritt is. He's a reporter for the Charleston Gazette Mail. He had the George Washington Capitol game. And, Ryan, before we get into that ball game, let's just say we've got blizzard-like conditions right now in Huntington. Expected to have that for about 10 more minutes, and it's heading your way. I'm safe, man. <laughs> we're, we're sitting cozy in a chair here doing just fine. How are you guys? Uh, we're, we're doing great and uh, just hoping that the snow squall ends and we can all make it home safely. That's always our goal. But you had a ball game tonight between Capitol and George Washington. Big game in terms of the Canal Valley and uh, another big win tonight for the Capitol Cougars. Yeah, it's kind of a game that had a lot of storylines. You know, first matchup between father and son tonight. Um, Matt Green and his Capital squad gets the win over his dad, Rick Green, and GW. Um, Capital forced non-first quarter turnovers, got out to a 15-2 to lead. Kind of held GW at arm's length there over the second and third quarters. And then 
all of a sudden at the end of the third, GW is able to put together a 10 run, culminated in a Matthew Cook half-court heave at the buzzer that banked in. And uh, you look up, and it's all of a sudden it's a five-point game at 46-41. And um, when you credit capital in that fourth quarter, outscored GW 20-9. to Anthony Pittman had nine of his 13 points in that quarter. And uh, like you said, big win for capital coming off of that loss to Morgantown. Uh, kind of got the ship righted, and uh, they got trips to Riverside and Woodrow next week. So a uh, big momentum builder for capital. Yeah, capital now at 15-3. and And... You mentioned that that loss to Morgantown. That was an 18-point loss in the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Morgantown is undefeated. I don't know if you had a chance to see that game, but based upon how good capital has been, and for Morgantown to to win that game by 18 at a neutral site that was in capital's backyard, in a lot of ways that speaks a lot for Morgantown. Yeah, it does. You know, you kind of look at this thing, and I didn't get to see that game. I did get to see the nightcap with uh, Huntington and Bridgeport, and what a game that was. Um, and I've seen Woodrow, and, and it kind of seems to me right now, and of course a lot of things can change moving forward, but you know, Morgantown, Huntington, and Woodrow seem to be separating themselves a little bit. I know uh, Capital, like you said, has three losses, and I think all three of them are the, to those three teams. So, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of an eye-opening score when we saw it come across there uh, this week. Sure, Morgantown looks pretty good. And for George Washington now, they are 9-8 and eight on the season. And I know that that's a program that, that's used to winning at a, at a really high clip. And I know that they've had a little bit of turnover there this year. But um, at the same time, that's still going to be a dangerous postseason team. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you can't underestimate. I mean, Rick Green's one of the best, especially when it comes to postseason basketball. He's proven that time and time again. Um, Justin Phillips, player for George Washington, outstanding ball handler, really quick to the rim. Um, he, he had the misfortune of drawing uh, Leandre Rogers tonight from one-on-one. And, and, you know, I heard you mention Tavian Dunmartin earlier. Of course, we know about him. We know about Brandon Napper. Both are great players. Um, I think it's time we throw Leandre Rogers into this discussion as well. Uh, tonight, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 5 steals. Um, he kind of does that on a nightly basis for them, and usually, uh, however he goes, the Cougars go. So and that's a really good player right there if you get a chance to check him out. Well, definitely uh, a big win tonight for Capitals, we mentioned. And, Ryan, we uh, greatly appreciate you taking time out to, to join us tonight. And, and maybe we can make this a weekly thing after uh, your Friday night coverage. Yeah, absolutely, man. Look forward to it anytime. All right, that's Ryan Pritt of the Charleston Gazette-Mail, and we definitely appreciate him. Uh, calling us here tonight. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by David Gagas. He's the head coach of the Van Bulldogs. They just won the hometown invitational in dramatic fashion tonight up in Clarksburg. So we'll talk with him when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text us 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. And you can send us an email. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Go to our website and check it out. Find out how you can connect with the show. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Christina Fox at KFox underscore Pravado. Traquan Gibson. Lucas Haynes at Luda304. Coach Wiley at Alex1967. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 11-15 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on what is becoming a snowy Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State tonight. Hope you are safe and in, in, in warm conditions tonight 16 and 3 on the season are the van bulldogs they win the hometown invitational tonight in dramatic fashion 57 56 over valley wetzel that game played at robert c bird high school they get the win on a tyler stewart buzzer beater and joining us now is the head coach david Gagas and uh coach outstanding win for your ball club tonight Yes, it was. It was a huge win for us. A big confidence builder going in here to postseason. Well, Coach, the the hometown invitation. Let's talk a little bit about that. You have to kind of block out a few weeks in your schedule. You don't know where it's going to take you over the course of uh, of time. You ended up with the number one seed, so you got to play home games, and uh, in doing so, leading up to the championship and that win at uh, against Valley Wetzel at Robert Seabird High School tonight. Uh, just, just your opinions on the tournament going through it, not just as a winner, but also just getting to see different teams from across the mountain state. Yeah, I think it's a great thing, good experience for our kids, and they get to see parts of the state that you wouldn't normally get to see. And uh, we've been we've been in it since the inception of it uh, for six years. This is our sixth year in it, and uh, we've been all over the state and enjoyed every second of it. I think it's a good experience for the for the young men. Coach, you have a group now of seniors that started this this trek as freshmen. 
how how nice has it been to watch these young men grow up and get the success especially after as as young kids you sometimes you go out you take your lumps you have to to learn and grow now it's their turn to go out and, and deliver those lumps they took some three years ago yes that's a great thing and a good life experience for them and these guys know they learn a good lesson stuff don't come easy to you in life so they, they work real hard and uh, i'm real proud of them proud of them well coach take me through that last sequence tonight when tyler stewart gets the shot to uh to beat valley wetzel at the buzzer you're down one going into it take me through it what happened uh, well, Valley Wetzel went down, and uh, a kid, uh, the Kane kid from Valley Wetzel, a real good player, made a good spin move there and shot the ball and, and went in, and we called time out five seconds left. And uh, I got a little shake, shaken up there on the, what was the call. I thought we could get it on the side where we called time out. We got it underneath Coach Price. Glad we were in the same same place on the side, on the side underneath, and, uh, and, and uh, we threw a long pass to, to our big guy. And uh, he flipped it off to uh, to Tyler, and uh, he went down and made the shot. It was it was a pretty thing. It really was crucial shot. So, what's going through your mind as you see the ball go up? When I seen it go up, I thought, man, it's got a chance. It's got a chance, and, and it went in, and, and we all went crazy on the bench. It was a good experience for all of us. It really was. I think that's a Maya so- talked about how we went. They they played a great game. I mean, it was a battle from. From the pits to the end, they played a great game. Well, it sounds like it was a fantastic ball game, and I know that there there are folks out there because I've, I've I've followed the hometown Invitational since its inception. There are some people who kind of, for whatever reason, want to kind of downplay it or or whatnot. They're saying, "Oh, it's not the best teams in Class A." Whatever. Tonight, that feeling of winning that tournament tonight, I've got to I've got to figure that's right up there with as good as it gets. That's right. It does, and like I said previously, there it, it it prepares you for the postseason. You get a chance to play three or four uh, tournament games before the sections come up. That's that's crucial, when, especially for your team during the season to, to experience those tight games and intense games. Well, Coach, where are you right now? Because I ask because I know the game was at Robert C. Bird tonight in Clarksburg. Clarksburg is under snow right now. I'm actually looking at a live feed online from Clarksburg. I know there's a lot of snow throughout the Mountain State. Where are you, and uh, what, are, what are your plans for, uh, for getting the team home? We are we're traveling uh, on 79. We're almost to the Flatwoods exit. We're getting something to eat and, uh, and try to make this track home. Well, it sounds like you've uh, hopefully got the worst of it beaten, but again, I uh, certainly want you guys to be careful and on your way back, and we congratulate you, though, on the win. Fantastic ball game. Uh, great win tonight for your team, and your team is now 16-3 and and uh, definitely a threat as we get closer to the postseason. And hey, you got an opportunity to avenge one of those losses when you play Riverview coming up on uh, Tuesday, so right back at it. Right back at it. That's right. All right, that's Coach David Gagas of the Van Bulldogs. They win the hometown invitational tonight over Valley Wetzel. And guys, um, I mean, I don't want to equal that to a state championship, but a tournament, the way that's set up, the way it plays out, and to go win win the championship. Uh, well, Coach Marone, first off, for you, that is like a state title. Yeah, that's, that's the same a feeling. Great experience, and uh, like uh, Coach said, you know, getting to travel. And uh, did get some games at home because they were one of the top seeds. But 
Uh, it don't get any better than that. I mean, and to take on really a wide cross-section of the Class A teams across the state, got to be a great experience for them. And uh, I'm sure that trophy is going to have a nice place to find a, a resting place, James, uh, in the van uh, trophy case. Well, and two things that you take away from a tournament like that is, one, uh, the sample that you get from the Class, a single, the, the Class single A teams that you're going to face and some of those that you may face down the road in the tournament. But you also get – an experience of what it's almost like a dress rehearsal if you will of what that tournament's going to be like and say a month up in charleston whenever you get to that state championship if you make it there so uh this is a a team that i actually talked about this earlier this afternoon with someone of of how much this van team has grown uh and you know the bulldogs they were puppy dogs three years ago and boy they've grown up now and and they are quickly making a, a name for themselves of of going to be a, a wrecking ball to to get through class single and and it, it, they're one of those teams they may be a dark horse but they they're in the running and uh, definitely don't want to turn your head on this team right now because they're playing some great basketball that's a championship atmosphere tonight and to get a win at the buzzer oh, that's, that's what even, you dream of that's, yeah that, that just makes it even better i mean that's that's all you can ask for that's fantastic so and definitely, uh, you know, we congratulate Van. We also say uh, well done to Valley Wetzel. I mean, that's a tremendous ball club as well. And that was a great, great ball game. So, uh, again, uh, a big thanks to, to everyone involved with that for, uh, for keeping us in the loop and allowing us to get the schedules posted as best we could on basketball night to keep up with, with all of that. We want to tell you, first off, our 800 number is, is currently not functioning. Bo broke it. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Bo. Rick Kozlowski's on hold. We're going to talk to him, though, at about 1130. So we'll, we'll hold him there for a little bit. But if you want to give us a call, the number is 1-646-929-1554. We're probably only going to take a, a calls through this half hour. Um, and then we'll get with Rick at the, uh, at the end of the half hour as well. But um, this just in from East Fairmont high school remember the girls put on the uh, east fairmont classic it's a big uh event one day event they've already confirmed 10 of the 12 teams for the classic that will be played january 16th of 2017 so hey you can't schedule too early right (laughs) deal me in hey let's let's go through the 10 that have uh that have currently uh agreed and there will be two more that east fairmont will announce in the coming weeks First is East Fairmont. Second is Fairmont Senior, North Marion, Lincoln. All Big Ten schools all in that uh, 2017 East Fairmont Classic. Bluefield, Clay County, Frankfort, Summers County, Wyoming East, and Wayne. All in that 2017 tournament. Or actually not a tournament, that classic field. That's Matches good, be set later, and, and and still two teams to come. I mean, my goodness, it's that's like putting Thanksgiving dinner on the table and saying, "Wait, there's more." Um, that, there's some great basketball in there, Coach Marone. You look down through those those list of teams, and uh, that's that's a, a, a state tournament uh, lineup, as you will, and you've got more to go with it. I mean, that, that's going to be a great classic already, and already announcing it for next season, uh, really putting um, a great bow on the present of saying, here, we'll give you an early one here, a happy Valentine's Day a few days early. Yeah, Coach Beckman does a great job. That event was loaded this year. It's going to be even better next year. He 
coordinates that with Martin Luther King Day, so everybody's out of school. They can travel up there. Uh, he's got a nice uh, place to put it on, and uh, ten teams there, and uh, still needs two more. They do six games throughout the day, so it starts early, runs late, and it is a basketball smorgasbord. You got your main course, your dessert, and a little appetizer on the front end. So if you like hoops, that's a good place to go. Absolutely outstanding uh, field that's that's taking shape for that event, and. Of course, again, we want to remind you that you can always get a hold of us in, in, in various ways. Basketballnight.com will always have the scores every night of the week. Um, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter has uh, scores for you every night as they come in. Some of these events take place during the day, so you might get a score come in during the day. Or sometimes uh, if a score can't be found, uh, one night we might get it dead early the next morning, so you might get a, a tweet you know from us about six a.m. that has a scoreboard up. Uh, yeah, a score and, and I had tip to uh, Fred Dameron and Marcus Constantino for taking care of that. I mean, they do such a fabulous job keeping it up uh, with all the scores throughout the week and making certain that uh, our the scores that we have and and everything is one hundred percent accurate. And it's it's one of the things you know our our goal from day one when we started this show all the scores all the time and uh, we wanted everything to be accurate and it's one of those things that we understand that there was a a void in the state there was nowhere to go to where you could find scores and they'd be accurate and and be complete and that was the goal and i think that we've uh, we've definitely achieved that and it's uh, the endless hours that goes in from all the guys behind the scenes that that makes that happen and also, Ryan, uh, they can go to the website. We have a lot of affiliates that have come on board this year. We encourage folks uh, to – And more you know, coming. Yeah, more coming when you're in those areas. And let people know you appreciate it. If you're interested in the show and you're getting us online and maybe you know there's stations in your area you'd like to hear carry the show, uh, you know we're always open to some uh, PR coming from our listeners. If you enjoy the show, please spread the word. And I think that's what's happening. It's uh, kind of like a wave across the state. And they pick us up in uh, many of our platforms, and we are out there in a variety of ways. And uh, there's no reason not to get a hold of us or, like James said, access, in my opinion, the, the top uh, website to get your scores, your rankings, your schedules are right there at a fingertip. Th- this will kind of point it out. When we started the season, we were, I think, right around 1,500 followers, just a bit over 1,500 followers on Twitter. We're approaching 2,500. And that's that's huge. We're, we are currently at 2,383. I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to be 2,500 plus by the end of the season. Well, we haven't even got to tournament time. Yeah, and, and, and it, you know, it's on average, we have been a- averaging about 50 to 60 new followers a week, I believe, is, is kind of what the, 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 the push is. And at any time you get toward one of those milestone numbers, 2,500, 3,000, it, it starts to pick up exponentially. So, And then, like you said, in, in, in tournament time, it's definitely going to go up. Well, and I'm going to quote Fred Dameron as he was working this week on uh, the scores on the website. He said, my goodness, he said, where's all these followers coming from i mean it was just like it was just growing and uh so it just uh lends itself to what you talk about james uh and we welcome welcome everyone to come aboard all right now we'll stop aside take a break when we come back it's cause time we'll talk with rick kozlowski of the martinsburg this should Journal. be an interesting mix <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll do that when basketball friday night in west virginia continues here on the fast break sports network basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network there's absolutely no better place to be than right here it's basketball friday night in west virginia 
Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send. You can tweet, text, and email. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda304, Coach Wiley at Alex1967, Robert Lewis at Lewis8944R, Bearcat Nation, Michaela at Big Mac3013, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggin, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Heinzman, Jason Wilhite, Mark Richmond, Mason 989, Alex Blackenbecker, Jasmine Thief, Tina Lane at Tina Lane 71, Jason Westfall, Coach D, One Life, Hunter Ridgeway, Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mr. Flattery, and Evan Cole. Thanks for following us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. you basketball fans if you're like me and you just can't get enough of basketball friday night then come join us and you're in for a real good time now to my big daddy ryan epling go big daddy Well, sometimes you leave the the host speechless, and that can make for some quiet, entertaining radio. We've got you speechless. Marone's over here dancing. Cause is probably in tears right now, getting ready to. He's gargling some warm salt water, getting ready to bring in a nice carry tune whenever he uh, starts up. I can only I can only wait for. Hey, this it is cause time. Let's bring in Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Welcome to the Valentine's edition, two days early, of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Wow. I listened to that uh, little promo there before you guys got back on the air, and I thought maybe I had dialed the wrong number, the wrong 888 number. As we said, our, our 800 number is down. <laughs> there may be a reason for that. I was like, do, do, do I like need to find some ice cubes somewhere or what? <laughs> oh, Rick. Oh, Rick has lost oh. Basketball, yeah. Um, How are you guys tonight? <laughs> hey, we're doing, we're doing well. First off, weather-wise, what are you guys looking at up there right now? Well, it's kind of chilly. 
Got a got a little dusting of snow earlier this evening, but that didn't uh, keep any of the games down. So I had a full slate of games up this way, including Martinsburg and Musselman. And I think uh, with two wins this week, Martinsburg beating Hedgesville on the road and then kind of decimating Musselman tonight, clearly the, the best team up here right now is Martinsburg. And I'm not sure that uh, really the way they shot the Bulldogs shot the ball tonight that a whole lot of teams could have beaten them tonight. It was like one of those kinds of games where absolutely everything goes right. They made 14 three-pointers by five different people. So whom do you cover? That's... Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, this, of course, this comes after a night where only one person could score on Wednesday against Hedgesville. That was Josiah Villa, who had 32 points, and the next highest scorer had five. Uh, you know, that's why you play the games, because you never know what might happen from one night to the next. You know, Hedgesville, decent game against Martinsburg, but uh, you know, clearly outmatched athletically. They go and play Spring Mills tonight and have to win in overtime, which I don't think anybody would have expected. Uh, you know, Spring Mills the other night played uh, Faith Christian, uh, which uh, local local school here was 75 kids, and based on that population alone, they probably play the most difficult schedule of anybody on the Eastern Panhandle, which isn't to say that <coughs> excuse me, they're playing the best, but based on population things. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, they're playing Spring Mills with, you know, 1,300 students. They have 75. But uh, Spring Mills, uh, against them, the Aaron Knights, 18 three-pointers. That's... Oh, I got popcorn, like, kind of stuck in my throat. <laughs> I may not make it through. <laughs> we may have the end of cause. Live on the air. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> oh, mercy. Well, as our good buddy Grant Trevor says, get your popcorn ready. And cause takes that to the literal meaning of the word. Well, it's, you know, it's nice to sit in a basketball game and, you know, munch on popcorn. Don't you guys agree? Absolutely. I think that's part of the fan experience. Either popcorn or a hot dog, just depending uh, on... On the broadcast oh, yeah. side, though, they, they frown upon that. It's kind of hard to uh, chew popcorn and uh, call a game, so I don't get to experience that quality. Yeah, which, which I guess is kind of like affecting me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our world, Rick. For just the, <laughs> You can't eat and, and work at the same time sometimes, unfortunately, but... Uh, hey, you know, Martinsburg, as you mentioned, does seem to be the team in the Eastern Panhandle that, that has separated itself. Um, and, and they lost a tough road game at Morgantown last Saturday. Uh, 71-57 was the final in that. But uh, backing up to tonight now, you mentioned that win over Musselman. That was a 29-point win over Musselman, while the Bulldogs beat the Appleman by three just uh, back on January 25th. First, is it Martinsburg getting better? Is it Musselman falling off, or a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both, and I think, you know, quite honestly, I don't think Musselman has recovered from that Martinsburg game. They did get a uh, 
three-point shot to at the buzzer to potentially tie the game. But the thing was is they missed, I think, four free throws in the final 130. Had they made those, they would have probably Musman probably would have won that game. And I don't really think that they've 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 actually recovered from you know what happened that night. You know, head games, if you will. I mean, you know, that stuff's kind of one of those overlooked things in sports. But you know, you get in somebody's head, and you know, some doubts show up, and I and I think. You know, I think that kind of happened a little bit to uh, Musselman tonight. Martinsburg uh, forced turnovers on the first four possessions that Musselman had, and you just saw the you just saw the big eyes from Musselman. You know, they eventually did tie the game in the first quarter, but then you know Musselman or Martinsburg just went uh, Lady Gaga shooting wise. Oh, <laughs> uh, Rick. Uh... Always a pleasure to get to talk. James, you got anything for Rick tonight? No, no, and no. <laughs> I, I, guess that, I guess that silence there is golden. Well, Rick, we, our, our, one of our producers just just put something into my ear. So two of those no's were for you. The other one was for him. So, <laughs> oh, Rick Marone. Well, I, I hope you guys have a, have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Well, Rick, we hope you do as well, and uh, we certainly uh, appreciate you taking time out to talk with us here tonight, as always. And uh, you're a staple of the uh, the backside of the show. I think that's very <laughs> fitting. My 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 backside has been stapled. You say? <laughs> Cut him off. Right, he's done. He's done. Rick Kozlowski. <laughs> hey, we we love the cause. Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal, and. Um, something he mentioned there again martinsburg playing well right now and again this goes back to how good is that morgantown boys team that beat martinsburg by 14 last saturday yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see uh once we get these teams together on the same floor uh, and it's it's you know these teams are on a collision course headed toward um charleston and you think about huntington morgantown martinsburg capital um those i mean i think those are probably your top four teams right now in the state put those four together on any given night and just hang on it's it's it's, as a basketball fan it's going to be a lot of fun get your popcorn ready because you're going to need it well i'll tell you what uh, the other thing and then we kind of let cause get away but uh if you flash back a month ago that martinsburg hedgesville rematch if you remember the first one, I mean, we had more of a oh, police we blotter. <laughs> we had a police blotter coming through. There was some concern. There was talk about no crowds being there. We had the discussion here. Good to hear that that game was played at Hedgesville. Martinsburg goes to Hedgesville, gets a win, and to the best of our knowledge, this past week everything went off without uh, too much of a hitch. So hopefully, uh, sanity has reigned supreme, and everything was just about basketball. But Martinsburg really rolling at the right time. Yeah, Martinsburg playing, again, playing very well. Two of its losses were in Hawaii to nationally ranked teams and then, again, uh, losing there um, last Saturday at Morgantown. And, of course, they were able to play at home tonight, which means that that roof leak that they had problems with that we talked with uh, Coach Rogers about uh, last week or two weeks ago now seems like that's been repaired, so that's good as well. Glad to see the maintenance crew able to take care of, uh, take care of a problem. Uh, always always a positive when that takes place right now we're going to step aside and take a break we'll come back we'll get you a full scoreboard and wrap up 
this edition of Friday Night Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM WASBLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYATLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.43 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're with you till midnight. Our final segment. I will say that the, uh, the, the rejoins have gotten moderately... More friendly. I like it. It's nice. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Love Potion number nine. I mean, this, just keep playing it. I mean, don't don't let that die out. That's a great tune. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what we're how much of it we can play. Well, at least at least seven seconds. <laughs> at least seven seconds, right? You know that gypsy with the gold cap too. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Yes, that is music. That's back when music was music, and. Uh, of course, again, we'll wrap things up here on the program in just a few moments. Um, right now, though, it's time for another scoreboard update, our final one of the night. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all of your scores around the Mountain State. This is the boys' scores tonight. West Virginia School of the Death, victorious over Governor Baxter, 52-27. It was Polka, 69, Sissonville, 47. Greenbrier East knocks off the Grizzlies of Nicholas County, 87-62. Petersburg takes down the Berkeley Spring Indians, 72-68. 
Gilmer County over Braxton County, 72-44. Bridgeport moves to 14-1 with a 61-56 win over Lincoln. It was Elkins over Buckhannon Upshur, 57-53. Calhoun County knocks off Clay County, 41-38. It was Fairmont Senior, 46. Robert C. Bird, 44. As the Polar Bears now 15 and 3 in Class AA, Fayetteville cruises past Valley Fayette 92 to 30. Grafton knocks off Liberty Harrison 62 to 43. Hedgesville 43, Spring Mills 36. That in overtime. Hoover a four point win over Wayne 56 52. Huntington shoots 61 percent from the field, has assists 23 assists on 34 made baskets, with an 80 to 56 win over Hurricane. Dejon Congleton, 19 points in the winning effort for the Highlanders, now 17-0 in Class AAA. Independence, 78. Summers County, 68. That also an overtime final. Jefferson, a three-point win over Washington, 60-57. Philip Barber, 66. Lewis County, 63. Westside, an 82-60 win over Liberty Raleigh. Man fall to Mountain View, 67-53. It was Martinsburg over Musselman, 93-64. Martinsburg now 16 and 3. North Marion 66, Preston 56, Ripley 76, Parkersburg 48. South Charleston over Winfield 51 33. Spring Valley knocks off Nitro 74 257. Waterford, Ohio defeats Wahama 54 47. Worth County a one point win over Ritchie County 47 46. It was Woodrow Wilson over Riverside 86 62. John Marshall drops Buckeye Local, 68-256. Park South over Lindsley, West Virginia, 88-43. Brooke falls to Harrison Central, 66-57. Oakland gets past Barnesville, Ohio, 81-56. River Hannibal defeats Cameron, 51-44. Van with a one-point win on a buzzer beater from Tyler Stewart takes the hometown Invitational Championship, 57-56 over Valley Wetzel. St. Albans with a one-point win over Cabell Midland, 59-58. It was Capital, 66 GW, 50. Tuck Valley over Greater Beckley Christian, 82-43. Ravenswood knocks off Park Catholic, 64-47. And Steubenville over Willing Park, 79-248. Coach Marone with the girls. Yeah, let's take a look at the girls' scores tonight. These are all final scores. GW over Riverside, 79-30. Huntington stays unbeaten, defeats St. Albans, 56-49. Lincoln over R.C. Bird, 60-31. Greater Beckley Christian, 48-26 winners over the Tug Valley Lady Panthers. Moorfield Yellow Jackets, 58-12 over Harmon. Clay Battelle, the Seabees, 40-28 winners over the Trinity Warriors. Pikeview falls to Nicholas County, 40, or excuse me, 64-49. Wheeling Central defeats Charleston Catholic, 55-45. Summers County, a big win at home over Wyoming East, 63 to 42. Parkersburg South 81-23 winners over Brook. Jefferson Cougars 70. South Hagerstown Maryland 36. Kaiser falls to Mountain Ridge Maryland 59-55 is the final on that one. Cabell Midland the Lady Knights get a big win over Winfield 43-42. North Marion 68-61 winners over Preston and our final score tonight Westside the Lady Renegades 97 Liberty Raleigh 22. That's your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. All right, guys, anything stand out? Well, first off, I want to go back uh, on the boys' side, Wheeling Park losing by 31 to Steubenville, Ohio. Wheeling Park has four players 
who are suspended indefinitely. So um, situation there, no charges have been filed, so don't want to really get into it unless there are. But um, for an incident that occurred on the bus while they were going to Morgantown to a WVU game. Um, so four players suspended, and that's not a good situation, obviously. But um, anything stick out to you on the on the scoreboard tonight, James? No, I mean it's, uh, you see the teams that um, should be winning this time of year. They're they're getting those wins, and that's important um, for any team. You you want to get that momentum going forward. As we talked about, two weeks away for the girls, three weeks away from the guys to start postseason play. Um, this is the time where you you make or break your season. Um, the the what you do in February is what you're going to be remembered for in March. And coach, you know how important it is as a team. You want to have your best stuff going as you start into that sectional play. Yeah, i tell you what, two things that jump out of me, Ryan. The Huntington High boys and girls are unbeaten on both sides uh, and tough wins. I mean, so they've battled their way to those undefeated uh, marks. Still work to be done for them. And then the Woodrow Wilson boys, I mean, they get an impressive win, a 26-point win over a very good Riverside team tonight. And uh, Fred Persinger, uh, the second, that was with us earlier. And uh, that's an eye-opener because I think Woodrow is going to be a force to be reckoned with down the stretch. Well, and that's with playing half their starter. or start, or Their starter is not playing half the game pretty much. He said with about 345 to go in the, in the uh, third quarter, they went to the bench. But uh, they definitely need all the legs they can get because if the weather holds out, they have six games over the next <laughs> seven days. Uh, good luck. All right. Now it's time for our poll question. And for that, we turn it over to Marcus Constantino to this week's poll question overall what do you think of the new basketball sectional and regional pairings we had a pretty split vote on this 84 total people voting 52 percent say they like the new sectional and regional pairings 48 percent say they don't like them so maybe it just depends on where you're at or which team you're a fan of now this week's poll question is very pertinent to right now because a lot of teams are running into situations where you know they're having four uh, three four games in a row should the wvssac in rare circumstances where there's just a lot of snow a lot of rescheduled games allow games on sundays just to make up games that have been that have had to be rescheduled for snow yes or no the question will be at basketballnight.com here in about 15 minutes go over and cast your vote so basketballnight.com, the place to go for all that information. Now, we talked about this last week, and it's something that um, and James was covering a, a game last week and wasn't here at the time. Uh, Rick Marone and company had a game down at Tulsa. Uh, we learned, though, while in a break in the middle of the show, uh, about the passing of Emily Cooper, Marshall softball player from who had just graduated, completed her eligibility in 2015, was currently at the University of Rio Grande as an assistant volleyball coach, and uh, in Jackson, Ohio, was getting ready to be the youngest varsity coach in Jackson High School history as the head coach of the Iron Ladies softball team. Um, she passed away in a car wreck last Friday, and just uh it's been kind of a a week where we talked about last week we kind of mourned last week because it was so sudden so fresh but this week we want to celebrate a little bit celebrate the 22 years that that emily had on this earth and and james she's someone that uh 
you knew she was there. Oh yeah, she she was she was always there. That was the greatest thing. And uh, I was talking with uh, some friends and, and uh, sharing some memories about Emily. And I said one of the funniest stories that I'll never forget. And, and at the time, it was probably one of the worst moments that she had ever gone through. But it was so funny. Um, she had just been at arms with an umpire at first base all evening and they just did not get along and she had been barking at this umpire barking at this umpire and another close play at first base and she didn't get the call that she wanted to hit and she turned around and she's just giving this umpire down the road and he looks at her and says i'm sorry i can't hear you for your braces (laughs) and it was just so funny and hearing her tell it i mean too because she was so lividly mad but that was emily and that i mean she was she was a firecracker she she had to go out on top and uh we like you said we want to celebrate everything that she was able to do so as we step aside for the night We want to leave you with a lasting memory of the late Emily Cooper. The news received one week ago was nothing less than overwhelming. Emily Cooper, gone at age 22. Emily was a daughter, sister, aunt, teammate, coach, and friend. As a member of the Marshall softball program, Cooper had a senior season to remember batting a career-high 434, second best in program history. As we mourn the loss of our friend, let us celebrate the joy she brought to so many who dearly loved her. Emily Cooper leading off for the herd in the bottom of the fifth inning. First pitch she sees, she bunts it down the third baseline, throw over to first base, pulls the first baseman off the bag, and Emily Cooper able to beat out the throw. Super Coop, that's what she wants to go by. Now I can almost see through the helmet and face mask, Emily Cooper licking her chops, knowing she's going to get something she can get a hold of here or else be walked and walk in a run. 3-0, high and outside, ball four. That walks in a run for the herd. Payoff pitch from Dixon on the way once again. This one sent out in the gap, giving chase as Cooper. She comes on and makes a great catch in right center field to rob a run away from the Owls. One hit, no runs, one left on. We play two and a half. Still scoreless here at the dock. One pitch sent out into the gap, giving chase is Cooper, and Cooper cuts in front of Zirkle and makes a great catch to end the inning. One-two count with one out, no runners on here in the top of the fourth inning. All tied at three. Cooper goes after the next one. She's going to send it deep to left field. Look up and say goodbye. Emily Cooper blasts one out to left field. Solo shot gives Marshall now the lead at 4-3. to three. Nixon winds and delivers. That one's going to be launched deep into right field. Cooper tracking it back by the fence. Reaches up and makes the grab. I think Cooper thought she might have been just a little bit closer to the fence. She put her hand back and it wasn't there and then jumped up at the last second to make the catch. Great play by Cooper to realize that she was not quite back far enough to still put that glove up there and make the grab. Emily Cooper drops down the bunt. That one rolls right past the pitcher, Roberts. Myslinski will touch the plate. 4-0 Thundering Herd. Beautifully placed bunt there by Emily Cooper. She falls behind quickly, 0-1. Cooper from Jackson, Ohio. One of the seniors, only two of them on the team this season, voted as a co-captain. And the way Cooper has stepped up this season has been absolutely incredible from the instant it started with fall ball until now. Cooper drops down the bunt. She'll make it over to first base on the diving sliding attempt. Cauliflower comes to the plate, and it's 3-0 Hurd. And Cooper immediately jumps to her feet, starts clapping and pointing. She's ready to get rowdy as she just turned to the cra- to her bench and said, let's go, let's go. Right through the box, into center field, a base hit. 
Lucas coming around. She'll slide in safely and score. An RBI single for Emily Cooper, and it's 4-0 thundering her. Duncan sends a little looper out to right field. No chance of that dropping because you've got Sonic the Hedgehog and Emily Cooper coming in to spear that one away and end the inning. We've played five. It's 3-0 Hurd. Step aside. I got to hand it to you on that one. <laughs> that was spectacular. Cooper gives for a ride. It's going out in the center field. Off it will crash into the wall. It'll be off the wall. Watts will scoot around. She'll come all the way around to score. An RBI single by Emily Cooper. And next pitch is going to be lined towards the second baseman and making an amazing leaping play is Emily Cooper. What a snag as she is able to catch that out of midair. Corners at, even with the bag, middle infield playing back. One-two delivery on the way. This one's sent for a ride. Dropping back at the wall. Norfleet looks up. Watch it fly. It's out of here. A home run. A walk-off two-run bomb from Emily Cooper. And the Thundering Herd wins it in the 10th. As Emily Cooper takes the third pitch she sees in the at-bat, and that quickly, game number one belongs to the Herd. Gone but not forgotten, Emily Jo Cooper. Another member of Heaven's Herd watching over us every day as she smiles down from above. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.